0: hey everyone welcome to the dear warren podcast where we do backseat parenting we share stories principles parables and lessons and we pass them down to my son warren but most importantly of all we try to have fun and we hope you do too this episode features the wonderful jessica uh jessica is a digital marketing strategist martial artist And uh, Last time she was on she was the self-proclaimed Queen of Christmas, but this time uh, she really uh, takes on the role of a podcast mom As you can hear her uh, on all the midweek podcasts and all the wonderful stories that she tells She graciously came on as another in our string of returning guests this time as a full featured one And she was really intent on a discussion about education and learning uh, What that meant to her what it meant what it means for Warren and we even started to talk about forming trust between individuals that was just an incredible side topic that we we just went down the rabbit hole with uh so please enjoy as we present to you jessica silapaswang
1: this is the dear warren podcast
0: and we are on and why do you hate me so much why do i hate you so much why Why do you leave me hanging leave you hanging what are you talking about why do you raise my blood pressure and and leave our audience without a midweek podcast oh you're gonna put that one on me without the uh marketing images for who was it (laughs) who's the past one so far well as as of tonight on a monday uh uh podcast where were you huh what do you mean
1: i was i was not here i was not here i was uh,
0: i i was out in chicago
1: for uh not doing the podcast yeah
0: sorry blown people's eardrums out there how are you
1: (laughs) i'm i'm hanging in how are you
0: oh well you're you're sniffling because oh and that's the other thing people (laughs) just decided to come home and and uh Give me a souvenir in the form of a nice, what, like, congesti- congestive cold in the chest. I brought you a gift. Mm. And, in, and in any case, due to all that, this is your punishment.
1: Oh, my punishment is, uh, what is it? It's a Monday night?
0: It's a, it's a Monday night, and you get to do the podcast for Warren yet again. Yet because again. Because there's, uh, there's just never enough mommy.
1: Aww. Speaking of never enough mommy, he uh, he was attached to my leg all weekend.
0: I I saw that I think we put we put a post up on Instagram of and I think every kid has gone through that, right? Why don't you describe it?
1: It's the phase where they uh, don't want you to leave their site, which I think is is normal. And it's the phase, though. I feel like once they get to that phase, they're already walking. So they're like running to you crying. Uh, Warren still does not walk so he He cruises he he cruises and then he now his latest thing is to kind of cling like koala bear to my leg and just not let go so i'll be kind of walking and he's walking but like you know vice grip on my leg um
0: warren as of as the time of this you're almost there buddy
1: you are very close kiddo today
0: you you were you were like a grandma with the the (laughs) the pusher what did you describe that
1: so so you know, when you when a kid is learning to walk, you have all these, like, push toys. So we had a, a zebra that you would push, and it would make all sorts of noise and it had all these contraptions. So we bought that for him when he was, like, six months old, like, with high hopes that he was going to use it. The kid never used it. Warren, you hated the thing. Like, you wanted to play with the doodads, but if we tried to stand you up to hold on to it, we might as well have murdered you because you were having none of it. So then for Christmas, I thought, hey... If that push cart's not working, like, let me get something more practical. Let me get, like, a little baby shopping cart. Because then you were into the phase of putting things in and out. So I said, okay, we'll do that. Mm, also, hated it. Might as well died. So today, I we were in uh, Target, and I bought, like, a little kid table and chair. And within, like, three seconds, he's like, "Oh, look at the chair. All around the room.
0: You think he does that at daycare?
1: Well, no. No? Could, I don't, don't think, think so. You the should chair. ask him. Well, the chairs don't really move. They're not, I should ask.
0: Because now it looks like a grandma walker. <laughs> it does. Right? You,
1: you said we need to put the tennis balls on each of the mm-hmm. legs. Why do you think they do that? It's to repret-
0: the floor from scratching, right? Yep. So there's no scuffing.
1: Now, one would argue with all of the years of creating, I guess, with geriatric mobility uh, devices, you, they would have come up with something that was better than tennis balls on the bottom of walkers, but they haven't. It's still a thing.
0: Rascals. We rascals. Rascals. You see them in Walmart. And in, and in the mall.
1: Oh, is that what the motorized scooters are called? Yeah. I didn't realize that.
0: So that's the next best thing. So instead of having to actually like push and walk, like you just sit in the thing and you drive.
1: So it's like, oh, no more t- like tennis balls. No more. We're just going to motorize yeah.
0: Can you imagine Warren in a, in, a, in a rascal? He's like, I never have to walk. And then he's going to have one hand on the wheel and just lean out with the other one. Well, wave you, to people.
1: Well, you always said that, you know, when toddlers or i guess kids get those motorized cars like the hummer or the jeep where it's like a motorized uh, do you like remember that uh well in i never the, had in, one
0: no 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 in in the in the park when we were walking uh hobbs one day and it was it was nicer out this is i think it was this past fall this past summer and the kid had a, a mini atv
1: yeah, like remember Merce- that? The Mercedes Benz of child automotive engineering. do you, where do you engineering? go from there? You don't. You, you know? don't get him a
0: bike. What you do don't you, actually you get him a video game or anything. He's got a mini ATV.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I never had. Did you ever have one? I never had one. An ATV? No, a motorized car of any sort as a kid.
0: I did. <gasps> you did. I had the. My dad, one Christmas, got me the uh, old school, like Bigfoot, like wow. motori- motorized thing that only lasted for like five minutes. <laughs>
1: oh. Because. And you had to, like, keep recharging it, right? Yeah.
0: And it just lasted for, like, five minutes, and then that was it. Oh. It was cool. I don't really remember it that much, but... I'm sure it cost a ton. Well, my parents did the best that they could to try <laughs> to entertain me with with toys. It was it was a combination of that and, like, Hungry Hungry Hippos, which also was not very entertaining for me.
1: Oh, I loved Hungry Hungry Hippos. Yeah. It was my jam. Like, what do you do? You just... I mean, I feel like I played it a lot by myself, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, how quickly can I gobble up all the, the little balls? Or...
0: I'm also loving your voice right now. I know. Listen to this. It's
1: nice and sultry.
0: How are you feeling?
1: It's good. It's like someone's <coughs> sitting on my chest. It's fantastic. Uh, no, it's, it, it really It sounds like after a heavy night of drinking, <laughs> but there was no drinking to be had. Um, so I'm having some tea, some Twinnings herbal honey something tea and uh, just doing my best.
0: And we're trying to make it through uh, a makeup podcast. We had a good string of, of, of guests going. And then um, we, we had some complications with certain cancellations. But we uh, love those guests. We know it like life just hits you. Oh, yeah. You know, because... That's just what happens when i'm trying to get other parents on i'm trying to get other people who uh deal with children on and it's just very very busy
1: well yeah and i think you know right now it's sort of like right after the holidays everyone's like working really hard and getting prepared for maybe easter or uh you know st patrick's day or different things coming up so it's kind of like the lull and then everyone's getting but don't ready. worry
0: we'll have we'll have fresh new meat guests <laughs> Soon enough.
1: So what you're really saying is I'm like Christian. second I'm like second string. I'm like ground beef like an eighty twenty. So
0: you were your last resort. Uh,
1: okay. Just I wanted to make sure that I fully they'll let that sink in a little bit. Well that's bit more. because
0: technically everyone gets to hear you in the that's middle true. of the week except for last week. Because because
1: I abandoned you.
0: You abandoned me.
1: And then I brought you sickness yes. to this household.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is how you repay us.
1: This is how I repay you, for sure. Everyone
0: on on, on the podcast. But in any case, I think, uh, to be fair, it's always nice to have you on for more of an extended conversation or discussion. Because usually uh, you're distracted by video games that you have to play. That's true. Or you're uh, watching and nodding off during NXT. Also true. But... Go on.
1: So no, so I was I was outside of Chicago, and <laughs> oh, as anybody me. who travels knows that travel is is all sorts of things. You kind of see like a little petri dish, microcosm of you know people in an, a high stress situation. I like to gather in terms of at an airport. Oh, okay. people act do not act like normal people. Um, I, I, especially with times of day. So oh,
0: we're doing airport bits. No
1: airport do bits. You just said, you just, you just said, do it. You just, do it. You said do it. Now, now you put me on the spot a bit. I'm not a comedian. I have no jokes. I know. My life is a joke. No. Um, so we, you see just cr- crazy, crazy things. Like, you know, one of the flights I was uh, on, you know, the people complaining about the overhead space. So this lady wanted to yell and for like 15 minutes about it and have like the flight attendant running back and forth, trying to fit her bag over everybody else's bag. And there was no room. It was really dramatic on small planes. It gets really ridiculous. And we have to deal with TSA. And I know a friend of mine had one of the TSA agents. So i be like, oh, smile, sweetheart. At like 6 a.m. this morning. It's just a pain to deal with people that early.
0: Isn't that something? I remember reading something on, 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 on social media of just like, uh, Uh, As as, as a female it was a good day because no one told me to like smile or something. Yeah,
1: it totally is a thing I don't you know, I I've been told that in the past and it kind of pisses me off
0: Rightfully so why don't you go into that because I found that interesting like oh really this is what people say
1: Yeah, no, so like it's always the weirdest times too It's like when i'm paying for something at a cash register or when i'm sort of walking in a crowd or And sometimes then people will just be like, oh, like, why don't you smile? Hmm. Like, smile. Like, what's wrong? Like, why, you know, it's your today. You got to smile. And it's never never a woman to a woman. It always seems to be a man being like, smile, sweetheart. Like, your face is ugly when you don't smile. Wait, they said that? No, but it's kind of what they're insinuating in a way or as if. You know, you smiling mm. is like a service to them or something. It's and you know, your pretty little head. Your life can't be that bad. Men must take care. Like it's 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 sort of. Reaps.
0: This is this is here on the on the on the East Coast.
1: Yes. Hmm. And to be fair, I also have my headphones in a ton, so I don't really. And I, and I do sort of give the stink eye a lot. So sometimes I think people don't even want to say anything to me because I look kind of angry, which is okay. I'm totally cool with that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, people and, and and I think even too some families where maybe you have an older school family. Like even the women will say that to each other, like, Oh, smile. Like, why aren't you smiling for like no reason? Like, as if, if smiling somehow then makes you more attractive or it makes you, uh, you know, more approachable and, and all that kind of stuff for like mostly like for men or for like people to feel better. If you, uh, it's kind, it's just, it's just annoying, annoying thing to be told, especially by essentially what is a stranger, Mm -hmm. like a TSA agent.
0: I'm trying to think if anything like that has ever happened to me. I think the worst that has ever happened was uh, those, remember those old, like, Canon flash cameras? Yep. That, like, uh, remember? The Polaroid? You can see, uh, see the digital screen. Remember the old school digital cameras? Yes.
1: Like, when it prior, was, like, five, nine, five to, megapixels? Yeah,
0: prior to when everyone had an iPhone. Yep. Uh, it's it's the one where the only thing I've had is the, you know, someone takes a picture and then the thing goes, it looks like someone blinked. You know? <laughs> you know? So why are you laughing i'm not You're not laughing. supposed to laugh no, at that it's terrible to- <laughs> i'm sorry i set you up for that one. you did mm.
1: hook line and sinker
0: but yeah no one has ever actually told me that in real life oh, of, but- <laughs> like why are you squinting or blinking oh
1: my goodness can you imagine imagine, that? Mm. imagine?
0: is that the equivalent of to what you get when you when, when someone says why don't you smile more
1: I, I guess in terms of like if they were just saying it because I mean, I feel like that's. Oh, you said racist. A TSA
0: agent said it to you, right? To a
1: friend, uh, this like yesterday or mm. today, like traveling. So it, it reminded me because I was talking about airport, and uh, that's not happened to me, luckily. Uh, but I know it just happened to her, so it's just
0: it's just. Do you think it's in good nature? No. Do you think it's in the good intention, or do you, what do you think it is? Well, I
1: think intention is only half of it. Intention mm. with bias, even if it's a good intention based on the person who's saying it, is still a shitty situation. So it's like, oh, if someone doesn't know that they're saying something offensive, are they then not saying something offensive? It's like, no, they don't know
0: it's. This offensive. is probably going to be mind-boggling stuff for Warren. Warren, you, you're probably listening, and it's like, I, I don't know what to do. I thought telling someone to smile is a is a nice thing. Well,
1: it's a. It, it, generally, it's kind of like, well, then why don't you grow two inches? Like, what's, like, I don't in terms hmm. of, why should why should especially when you're talking about physical expression with denotes an and emotion? Like, what do you try to do? Like, mm-hmm. are not. You know, make your environment. Maybe that's
0: it. Maybe they're trying to tell you, why don't you be happier? Right? Is that what it is?
1: Kind of.
0: Why are you in a bad mood? Just be happy or something, or show something that makes you look like like you're happy. I want to
1: look at you when you're smiling. I want to look at you when you're scowling. Kind
0: of. Really? I
1: mean, Mm. obviously, you don't know the intention. I think this, you talk more about if someone's intention, if let's say I, to your example about the squinting, right? (laughs) Let's say I thought, like, let's say I thought, oh. hey, the picture looks better if you have bigger eyes. And I'm like, oh, let me tell this kid to put some effort into you know, to making oh, his Jesus. eyes wide because it'll look better. <laughs> and I don't think, like, I'm not racist or I'm not mm-hmm. thinking of it that way, but I'm, you know, I'm basically... <laughs> Mm -hmm. Ignorant in that moment and I say exactly what you said. I'm like, oh, why don't you open your eyes a little bit?
0: Oh my god
1: And then you'd be Mm. offended and Mm. the fact that I'm stupid doesn't you know Banish me from being able to say something ignorant like just because it wasn't my intention to offend you Guess what? I still Mm. did true. I'm still at fault of some sort whether or not it was my intention or not so I think intentions only half of it, right? Sure, so even if someone like was like, oh, I'm just trying to like, you know, do small talk with this little lady here and I'm just going to tell her to smile so we can like ex- have an exchange of some
0: sort. Oh, well, in that case, then if, if it's if it's uh, their opener or something like that to engage in conversation, then that's un- un- unfortunately, it's, it's as you said, it, it's a combination. Deaf, of in- I think it's a combination of ignorance and it's also a combination of uh, uh, lack of social tact. Is that what you would call it?
1: Speaking of openers and lack of social tact. Oh, boy. In the airport scenario, I had my rental car and I took the the bus, you know, the Hertz bus back to the airport after dropping off my car. And someone sits down next to me and I'm on my phone because I try not to make eye contact because I don't want anyone to talk to me. And they're like, oh, I told myself that I would sit next to the lady with the prettiest watch. So here I am. So I'm like, did you uh. throat check this motherfucker? I'm like, ah, uh. so I like, you know what a, a throat check up. is, right? Keon went
0: over that. Like, that like uh, a woo chop, but a little higher. <laughs> <laughs> a woo chop. <laughs> Why don't you explain a woo chop for people? Oh my goodness.
1: It's like a backhanded <laughs> full palm slap to chop. chest area. Made
0: famous by the nature boy, Rick Accompanied Flair.
1: Accompanied
0: with a woo. Yes.
1: Every time you do it. So a little bit higher, you kind of like hit him in the neck.
0: But you don't hit him with the, like the, the the ridge part of your of your hand you hit them with the actual like the open like palm is that the for a
1: check right in the center
0: oh no i'm talking about the flare oh, chop. for the
1: flare chop yeah it's the full
0: the full hand the flare chop is is like half and half it's mm-hmm. like you're 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 you 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 kind of do it and i learned this like at, at an old school martial arts school it's kind of like you're pushing someone right uh-huh. but instead of like pushing someone you actually slide your hand up the chest and and so then the you know the the ridge hand hits him in the throat mm. so so you can either do it like a straight like you know karate hi like a judo chop like yeah. like uh you know like karate kid style directly to the neck yeah or you disguise it as like a push and then you slide the hand up and it's supposed to be uh, yeah you're, I mean, you're essentially your, throat checking and them. your
1: adam's apples right there some sort of the gag reflex is really really
0: so did you or did you not throat check this mother i did not so all right <laughs> we'll see how he this guy uh, uh it was a guy right it was a guy all right
1: so i did like the sideways glance and the look and like the awkward like haha kind of half smile because i'm like where are you gonna go with this and then he was a he was a close talker oh so i could what? also so i could kind of tell like something was off right like mm. he was not like i didn't see think he was malicious i just think he was just had no idea what was going on or had social issues or you know something was not he it made him seem just stupid not not i wasn't threatened but then he started to be like hey what do you do and like touching my arm like almost like a kid like wow like hey what do you do where are you going blah 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 blah.
0: you know i have my throat coat tea here It's you're supposed to be soothing and and relaxing and 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 and, and, and in the in the beginning of the podcast i said why do you hate me why do you do this to me leave behind raise my blood pressure for missing me On not missing me, but missing the midweek podcast. And here we go. And go go on. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep raising it, (laughs) hon.
1: So, anyway, this is just one of those types of people that doesn't, don't, it doesn't really get the cues, right? Like, I'm not really making eye contact with you. Like, I'm on my phone. As in between your talking, I'm like checking my phone. Like, I'm not really touching you. Yeah. And that was a little awkward. Like I said, it wasn't, I wasn't threatened. And I don't think it was like a, like a sexual advance at any point. I think he was just like, maybe just had some social issues. Cause he was like, I'm an architect. And he was talking kind of like, he was like a 10 year old. He's like, I'm an architect and I'm here for work. And, and he kind of like started to have a conversation with himself about whatever. I was like, "Ah, ah, 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 okay. Like, I don't like to make conflict really. And what am I going to do on the bus, the Hertz bus to the airport on a work trip? It's kind of like. Uh, just let it go and eventually he got the point and stopped talking to me just took a little bit but opening line even that opening line which some guys might be like that's a sweet opening line man." oh i want to i want to sit next to the girl with the prettiest watch and you know that's why i'm here and it's like uh, the it prettiest
0: watch or prettiest eyes prettiest watch watch okay I thought it, was, I heard it eyes. was
1: awkward i mean it was a kate spade watch maybe he really liked the kate spade watch maybe mm. he wanted one for himself i don't know <laughs> But it was an interesting opener, but also not really welcomed. So guys, don't use it. And then don't touch somebody. Even if it's on, like, the shoulder or the arm, like, just, ah, it's kind of awkward. Don't do it.
0: I think I went over this with, with someone. Like, when you were talking about, like, an opening line, and, and I remember one, one of my friends came up to me. And like, do like, do, do those, like, type of lines work? Do they actually like work? And and the thing is, is that from, from what I learned is that it's all about context. Oh, of course. It's I, all about context.
1: I feel like they would work if they were put in a situation where they were perceived to be ridiculous.
0: Yes. I it, think it, it also depends on the level of, of like you have to be able to socially calibrate yourself mm-hmm. to someone. It sounds like that person did the opener. You obviously gave the, the like the, the response signals of like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. And that guy didn't actually like pick it up. Yeah. And then from there, kind of like, you know, oh, I got to tone it down or, oh, you know, this is probably not as effective of an opener like, as I thought it would like, be. It's no,
1: like, know your, know your environment, <laughs> like know your setting, know the context. Um, it was a very awkward opener in a very awkward place, followed by even more awkward conversation.
0: <sighs> I remember uh, I saw one of my friends. He was uh, using he didn't really use an opener on uh, on a girl once, but this was at a bar, mm-hmm. and I saw this and I thought it was genius because it was just perfectly played out in the terms of like uh, of, of of that term I use like socially calibrating mm-hmm. himself. He. Uh, uh was talking to i forgot how the actual opener was but she kind of like uh was was like trying to test them and goes oh why don't you buy me a drink Mm -hmm. or something like that and it was kind of like the way she said it was kind of like like get out of here or unless you're gonna like buy like just buy me a drink or or something Mm -hmm. like that and then he goes oh i would love a drink You can get me a something, 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 you you know, Mm -hmm. and you could, it just threw her off. Like, no, 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 no. I said, buy me a drink. He goes, yes, I know you can get me a something, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And he kept going. And, and after a while he like looked at her and then she like cracked up because then she knew that he was actually like, kind of like fucking with her in a way, but kind of like he knew that she was messing with him. And then, so he kind of like, you know, it was like a good kind of like banter back and forth where it was received and then equally calibrated does that make sense
1: yeah like so
0: in other other words it's it's like if someone comes up to you like a guy and uses that just goes sure you can buy me a drink like it doesn't work there right so so it 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 doesn't work until like the oh that was close it doesn't work until the context is actually there to open up i guess the best thing is like in jiu-jitsu you don't just go out there and jump guard on, a, okay. <laughs> on on someone who's, like, ready for you to, to, to like, jump guard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You kind of got to, like, feel it out, feel it out, and then actually pull guard right. or, or, or something. You just don't do that every single time, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think, like, in another setting – Obviously, in another life, I'd give him points for creativity. Oh, you like that one? Well, no, it's more no, so no the,
0: the 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 guy who sat down next to you with the with the with the watch.
1: Yeah, well, in terms of that it was, was creative. Well, it was unique, but I also uh. would but I also would have put it to be like, well, you know, well, I told myself I would stay seated next to the guy with the nicest shoes, so I'm gonna go over there. Now. <laughs> like you would basically be like, you're ridiculous. I don't really know. Pickup uh-huh. lines never really worked on me. Mm. I think they're a cheap version of humor.
0: True, but like, like I said, it, it depends on the, the, the context of it all. But it's good to know that pickup lines don't work on you.
1: <laughs> I, I'm sure that, that helps you rest at night when I'm traveling.
0: <laughs> and Warren, stop taking notes. <laughs> in any case, so was that the extent of the, the fun entertainment
1: yeah, that was, that was on the, that trip? That was the ridiculousness <coughs> in travel.
0: Um, you could have coughed on him too And just be like
1: <clears throat> Yeah, I did the whole well, my, well, what did you do this weekend? Well, me and my family
0: No, no, no I mean like cough And like have that extra little like <sighs> and, Yeah And it's, so it, it, it's just like What you're doing right, right now <laughs> Oh, thanks hon. A little bit of the, the little, Yeah, right. there you go Just a little <clears throat>
1: <clears throat>
0: <clears throat> There it is Exactly <laughs> like that
1: Just like this I'm practicing For next time How old are we? We're drinking tea <laughs> Well, I know I'm, you always I'm, drink tea on the podcast.
0: The throat coach should pay me.
1: <laughs> that's true. I put some honey in my tea, though. Mm. A little bit of honey make it a little sweeter.
0: Oh, that's what happened today mm. when I was getting my hair cut oh. because uh, uh, she was obviously making conversation. Yep. And she asked, "Oh, did did you always have this hairstyle?" And then, of course, I just, ah, oh, no, I used to have it long, and you know, as as I would describe to you, how, how did I describe it to you? Like swoosh, 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 like a like the Ty Pennington from <laughs>
1: like you were in like a korean k-pop band yes it was like you know, that like this you'd have like the swoop mm. with like the little front caesar of, they called it front caesar really with a little bit of like you had it like i had highlights in it frosted right yeah when i first met you
0: yep it was it was like the that old school like what, what do you call it ricky martin and in sync yeah. phase ty- type of thing like mm-hmm. like that type of hair and i remember the one time i did it um uh the the she, she said, oh, we're just going to put a little bit of honey in here." and <laughs> And I told you that, and you just found it beyond hilarious. And you would always, oh, what are you going to do? A little bit of honey? <laughs> <laughs> and then it got, it was, too, it was just too much maintenance.
1: And to be fair, I think for the time, it was like, obviously made it way more expensive than mm-hmm. a normal man haircut.
0: Yep. And then just this now, just a nice, good... Buzz cut.
1: You like a marine haircut there. You're yeah, all... Yeah,
0: that's what I tell them. I just go, do, do it like I'm enlisting. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, all right, you know, exactly exactly what uh, what, what I want. And then uh, it, it saves it, you know, like if you would think like 10 minutes a day prior, if I had hair in order to like style it or or whatever, you just add that up. What? 10 minutes a day. That's how much after a week? That's like an hour almost, Right.
1: Well, never mind the product that you have to use too.
0: Yep, and an, an hour a week, 52, 52 hours just just wasted on hair. But you,
1: it did bag you a wife, did it not?
0: You, you were, you you were, you didn't, you didn't do it because of my hair. What
1: if I really liked a little bit of honey? <laughs> I could
0: I could tell by the way you're saying it right now, <laughs> that it's that it was definitely a contributing factor.
1: <laughs> but I
0: would say it was my big massive personality.
1: Yes, you're yes. dashing good looks and uh uh-huh. your charm.
0: Um and obviously Warren has uh the the blend of our hair.
1: He does, does right not. Well, I think he still has the baby hair, so it's way softer and more malleable than your hair. Mm-hmm. And but not as like super long
0: to style like mine. Remember remember the Einstein shock hair you used oh, to yeah. have? Oh yeah,
1: Warren, you had hair that would just it was just, it would stick up like six inches. It was fantastic. And then a couple, I'd say a couple months ago, maybe two months ago, it started to kind of like fall. So I wasn't, I still haven't cut it. We're going to cut it soon. But uh, it was fantastic look he had for a while.
0: What are the other updates on him right now? He is, oh, he knows what the sound a cow makes. Yep. He can do that. He knows uh, from time to time what sound a sheep makes. Yep. Right.
1: He knows where his head is, his nose is, his, his ears. His
0: belly. His belly. <laughs> there was one point... Uh, uh, just like a few days ago Where he was sitting there I was I was making him eggs for breakfast And he just looks at me And he just pulls up his shirt And just starts rubbing his belly Just, start, just starts patting it Just keeps patting And then he points at me I'm Like alright here we go And then we just For just ten seconds We're just two men Just facing each other laughing Just patting our bellies It's the ritual You're not, you, you don't grow into a man Until you look at another man Lift your shirt up And pat your belly <coughs> Huh.
1: The best part is, speaking of patting, when he hugs you now, he does ah. like the back pat, which you say he gets from me because I do that when I hug somebody. I like pat their back. I don't when know. you
0: do your half-ass hug, that's what you do.
1: So I, I'm mm. a hugger.
0: Mm, go on.
1: <laughs> I hug. There's people. times where
0: you're where you're half distracted from yes. for whatever it is, hard day, or you got like, you got something else on your mind, and then like as you hug, you kind of do what's the best way to oh in jiu-jitsu you know when you come in for you know, the pummel drill and you get double underhooks you get double underhooks on me but instead of like really squeezing me in you mm-hmm. kind of just like hold me by like the el- like your elbows are underneath me but it's not like fully curled in and you just use you don't even <laughs> you don't even pivot at the elbows to pat you just use your pivot at the, the like fingertips. your fingertips and you just go tap 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 <laughs> tap and, and, and I can tell like, Oh, what kind of hug is this? This is, uh,
1: and to your point, you usually hug me like when you come home from work in the kitchen and I'm thinking yeah. about something else nine hundred percent of the time.
0: Warren kind of does a pat, but he slaps you though. He's like,
1: it's like pap, pap, pap. well, he doesn't really have the, the gentle. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I gave him an egg. Well, this is, this is where you would argue that uh, it's my stupidity, but I did give him an egg. Cause usually when I'm teaching about food or cooking, I'll have him hold the items that I'm cooking with. So I gave him the egg, and I was like, "Hold that, buddy! Don't break it!" Oh, splat! Wow,
0: splat! Wow! And I he was always like, I ah always, raw
1: egg everywhere.
0: I always show him, like I show him the egg, and then I let him like touch it. But as soon as he tries to grab it, I just pull it away.
1: Well, I figured it's he'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll learn by doing. I'll learn by doing is really what it means. So I have to. Uh, I gave him crayons, and of course, he wanted to eat them. Mm. And then Hobbs did eat the green crayon. Mm. So he tests you now. He's like, oh, I'm going to eat this. I'm like, no, buddy. And he takes the other one, tries, no. And we just do a circle of no's for like 12 different times until finally he's like, hm, I'm satisfied. I won't put it in my mouth, mom.
0: I think everyone is loving the update on Warren now, including yeah. you, Warren, right?
1: Yeah, buddy. Doing good. Doing good. 23 and a half pounds or
0: so. He's almost like a dumbbell. He is, yeah, almost. He's gotten to the point where, like, I got to take shifts when carrying him. Because it's like, you're just basically carrying on a 25-pound dumbbell. And you're like, all right, here you go. Pass it off to you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I do make him walk now, or, well, hold my hand and sort of walk much more. because.
0: At what age is it, like, or what kind of, like, weight is it before we're, like, all right, get down, get down. Throw you'd
1: back. have to ask. I would like to think because we're a little bit more in shape, it's a little longer. But I really don't know. I'm sure like 40 pounds, you're like, get out of here. And I think that's why they still put eight year olds in, you know, strollers in Disneyland or whatever. It's like You're not gonna every every kid has a breaking point.
0: Every kid has. Oh, well, every
1: parent yeah, has a breaking point too, too, but every kid has a breaking point as well.
0: And we're trying to, to at least I am. I'm, I'm trying to make sure that he understands. That well, actually, he doesn't understand. Remember, I said that though the whenever he tries to test me or mm-hmm. test us in general yep. is that we have we have the advantages of being an adult in the sense of size, experience, and also our our sense of time slash patience.
1: Mm, oh yeah,
0: because we could you as a, as far as a war of attrition, we can outlast them mm-hmm. because one minute to us probably feels like an hour to him. Oh yeah, you know so
1: yeah. I mean, I think that's scientifically proven where depending on the length of your life, is your reference of time.
0: Why don't you go into, I I think you were one of of the first people to ever tell me that, as far as like growing up and then like Christmas morning coming. Remember? Go ahead.
1: Yeah, so when you're a kid, you, as you know, when you first have your first Christmas memories, let's say it's like five, six, seven. When you wait for Christmas, you're waiting a year, which is one, let's say if you're five, it's one fifth of your life. So you're literally waiting for what feels like, forever and it really does feel like forever to you because your reference of historical time is is all oh, it's one fifth it's like a big deal
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you're 50 one year is 150th of your life therefore it goes by much quicker yeah
0: so these that's past why you, few years just keep going and going
1: i know so that's why the older people you talk to mm. the quicker they say time flies yep because time literally from a reference standpoint is flying by so lord knows when you're 80 a year must just be like like nothing because you've been <sighs> through that cycle so much that your frame of reference is like a year is nothing compared to a fiver, where a year is a big, long time.
0: It's crazy, isn't it?
1: It is a little. I mean, it's, it's crazy that your mind, I mean, conceptually it makes total sense, but it is crazy that your mind just works that way.
0: I think it's crazy because like, you know. I'm in my mid 30s, upper mid 30s now. and and and, and, man. and and time just is starting to speed up more because it was just like, Jesus Christ, it was only like 2012, what? Six years ago.
1: Yeah. I you mean, know? That's when we got married. Yeah. So we got married it's almost six years ago now.
0: And Warren is almost, what, what is it, 15 months? Now? Yeah.
1: 14, 15? 15, Jeez. I think.
0: So, oh, you're growing up too fast, kid. Yeah. All right. Let's. Let, oh. Ugh. let's get into something else. Let's get, what, what else did you, uh, is going on with you? What did you want to deep dive into today? If anything,
1: deep dive, I was thinking a lot about schooling lately because I've been doing a lot of like schooling,
0: schooling, somebody, somebody,
1: no, like, like schools and school.
0: Yeah. Like schooling. Somebody. <laughs> no, no. Like I schooled you.
1: No, but more so about like learning. Oh. about things.
0: I'm just messing with you. Go and ahead. I
1: know. So I've been doing a lot of like reading lately and I try to do a lot of like learnings and, and learning thing. And obviously there's been lots of talk about education recently, both for good and bad reasons. And I was just kind of like thinking about like, you know, how I grew up and from an education standpoint, like how it's kind of like played a role in who I am today and sort of what aspects of it. Um, we easy or we difficult, but kind of just thinking more so about that. Cause if you think if, even if you take Warren, right, so he's in daycare now, but then you'll get sort of preschool soon and then kindergarten. And then it sets the tone sort of for the rest of their life in terms of like the importance of school and things. So for you, you always said school was really important for you growing up, right? Like, didn't your parents tell you that was your one job?
0: It I think I know what you're getting into the when it actually starts getting to the point where you have to start absorbing information and knowledge and quote you know you're learning to read learning math learning uh, whatever subject science etc cetera, etc cetera. it starts ramping up at a, at a certain point you know um, um, as far as for Warren I think there's still that phase where school is more about just kind of like getting proper like socialization yeah you know just being introduced to this environment here's a, here's some structure here's a bunch of other kids here's a bunch of other kids like that don't look like you don't talk like you and just running around some of them are going to hit you some of them are going to love you you're going to hate some of them some of them are oh, what what's the kid i introduced you to uh or the concept of the the pp kid one kid's always going to oh, i hope you don't yeah i hope you're not the pp kid Warren. Oh, it's geez. not going
1: to be well explain to people what the pp kid is first of all
0: it was it was. Uh, I forgot who talked about it. It was such an old school like comedy bit. I think it was Sinbad. Actually, it's just, it's the one kid that always like wears sweatpants all the time, and always smells like pee. Oh. <laughs> and then it just sits in the corner. And then what how does he? What does he say? He goes, uh, "I'm I'm not peeing. I'm just sweating." Oh jeez. <laughs> well,
1: I, I, yeah. I mean, I think to your point, I think school at this age, of course, is all uh-huh. about
0: socialization, and it's kind
1: of yes. about just you know, developing from an infant to a toddler. But it's interesting because we talked about the things he now knows, like he Mm -hmm. knows where his nose is. And sort of that's the beginning in terms of Mm -hmm. I've now learned something that I can repeat kind of like a little mini skill. And I got him like the little alphabets to put in the bathtub so he can kind of put them along the sides of the tub because they stick. Mm -hmm. And obviously he's too young to learn letters and things right now. But I mean, it's just the beginning of the learning process and sort of talk about what do you learn at school? What do you learn at home? And then, like when they're this little, like what do they really learn? And mm-hmm. is there anything you really do at this point to get them ahead? I mean, I don't think so. I think they say it all sort of levels out at a certain age. But it's it's just really interesting to see. Like, did you you had you did like preschool right? I think mm-hmm. I did preschool too for a couple mm-hmm. days a week.
0: I don't remember anything, right? <laughs> I remember a couple of things. Do you? Yeah, I remember. Um, uh, we 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 painted a Christmas tree and uh i was painting it and then i just got bored because it was just like it took so long because we didn't have like a good broad brush we had one of the like the little mini brushes but it was like a good size christmas tree whatever mm-hmm. that they gave us and i went i'm just gonna make a messy tree and i just took decided to take a couple of brushes and mix all the paint together and just go nuts with it and the and the teacher would, i still remembered like the look on the teacher's face and goes oh Ecky, what are you doing i'm like i'm making a messy tree and she's like oh okay <laughs> And then my friend who, who uh, uh, at the time, his name was Michael. He was, he, much later on in life, he, he turned out to be a doctor. He was just a, one of the smartest kids I, I had ever, ever knew. I turned around and he's he's got a perfectly, you know, filled in green Christmas tree. And he has like, all the ornaments are kind of filled in there. It looks like a fucking Christmas tree. I'm <laughs> like, God damn it, man. And I remember thinking to myself, I could have done that. It's just that I was, I, I remember thinking to myself, I was just too impatient. And I was like, I didn't want to, I, I, I wanted to see what happened if I well, messed, the impu- messed this the tree up. The impulse control. Yeah, the like The kids
1: don't have impulse control.
0: <laughs> so was that. I remember the first day of nursery school, um, um, my mom was walking away and I started bawling and crying so I ran after her. She escorts me back and then... Um, uh, walks away again i run out again she escorts me back and this time the teacher like stands in front of me to like Uh block me so i dove through her legs (laughs) and then ran after my mom and then my mom uh, brings me back eventually i i I adjusted uh what was the other thing i remember playing the what is it water play as Mm -hmm. as you said where they fill out this like table full of water and they put little toys and floaty toys in there and i distinctly remember that everyone was playing and then for whatever reason, I just remember looking up and pretty much everyone was gone. They went back to class, but they decided to let me stay out there and keep playing. And I, and I was like, I walked back in later. And I'm like, does anyone remember that? Like I was out there. <laughs> and I think those are my only members of nursery school.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's, that's way more than I have. I think huh. I have one where, you know, they used to give you sheets to color. They give you like the coloring sheet. Mm. And then I had, I guess, a, a best friend at that age. I, I mean, how old are we? Five, four or five. Name was Michael, too. And um, we would basically, they, uh, I forgot what the woman's name was, but she would like turn away and we would crumple the paper. <laughs> and then she'd like come back and be like, no, 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 we have to like, iron, like she would was uncrumple this, Was this it. A,
0: a, a Catholic school? Or this was still just...
1: So I think this was a Lutheran school. So I I went to Catholic grammar school. But the preschool, I
0: think, was in a Lutheran school. They didn't have, like, nuns that were about to, like, bring down the wrath of, like, you know, the ruler. So
1: I I have plenty (laughs) of stories about that. But no, um, in Lutheran school, there were no nuns, I don't think. They were just a bunch of old ladies who were, like, helping run the program. So she would smooth out the paper and like pretend that she was like all offended and she would turn around and we would crumple it again and we'd be dying laughing. And we would do this like this poor woman had the patience of a saint. I mean, we would do it constantly. A Lutheran saint. A Lutheran saint. Do they have saints? I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) And uh, and that was like the only memory that I have of us just like making this poor woman's life more difficult, but she
0: probably enjoyed it. I remember one more. It Uh was sing-along and uh she she was like all right everybody we're all gonna clap our hands so everyone claps yep and now everyone let's we're going to stomp our feet or whatever right mm-hmm. and she goes and now we're going to snap our fingers <laughs> and there's like two kids knew how to do that everyone else was just kind of like uh, so then you know what i did what i went <laughs> with my mouth and then all the other kids start. I, <laughs> I distinctly remember doing that and like i still remember not being able to snap my fingers until like what like fourth grade i can or something. still
1: barely snap my fingers yeah. like it's, it's i only got it on one hand you know it's a learned skill
0: and i, and I was like jesus christ lady you you really upped the <laughs> up the difficulty level there, right? snap your fingers <laughs> jesus
1: what do you think this is you think this is a school for special kids <laughs> for like smart kids
0: well that was but yeah it was nursery school was just more of like I, I I I guess yeah. As as we were talking about socialization, just do some projects, just do some crafts, and and don't hit people.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean I, that you know? is it is pretty funny. Like even if you think take the arts and crafts that Warren did. Like as an infant, they're like Warren made this for you today. I'm like bullshit. No, we did it. And it's like like they're like he chose his colors. I'm like he's five months old. Mm-hmm. So it's cute because like I'm sure they put their you know and it's. It's good. It's fine. And obviously, they up their arts and crafts game as they get older.
0: So, is this what you were thinking about when you were talking about schooling?
1: Not particularly, but go on. It all goes. No, I think I was thinking more. So, I think because I've been doing a lot of like self learning in terms of like self improvement and things, I was thinking about like what was the hardest time that I kind of like had in school or learning, and it kind of like harked me back to college, like freshman year of college being really hard. And I think I was kind of thinking about it because my brothers are graduating college in May and sort of what the college experience is or isn't for a lot of different people. And I kind of think about that a lot because there was a point in college where my like, things were really hard, but I still obviously got through it. And so then anytime I'm experiencing things that are like difficult later on in life, I kind of hearken back to that period and being like, if I can learn in what in many cases is a really difficult environment, not because the school was difficult, just because of a bunch of different things that were happening, that I can still continue to learn in life, even if you know it's a really difficult environment or it's a really busy environment to do so, that you can still make time for that.
0: So was it the subject matter or it was, or it was everything outside of like actually finding time to study, finding time to do your work, uh, uh, study habits, whether it's uh, how you study the, the, the environment that you're in, uh, getting into a place where you're actually absorbing the knowledge, Is it, was, it, was it that?
1: It was kind of everything but <coughs> the actual learning environment. So hmm. at that point in my life, um, so to give you like a sense of kind of who I was then or what I was then, I was a smoker. I would drink a lot of coffee.
0: I, rem- I remember this.
1: I would drink I a lot. Of, you during this, yep. Yeah, I would drink a lot of coffee. At that point, right around that time, I had three jobs. I would sleep in my car between jobs and school. I was a full-time student. And uh, I, uh, I had a panic attack in, in, a, in a class. And I uh, then proceeded to have like anxiety issues pat- like at that point and around that time. there were some like more difficult things going on sort of in my family home life at the same time. And, uh, it was kind of, I feel like it was like the make or break moment in my like adult, more adult life in terms of, I could have seen that going a completely different way from where it did. And I'm always kind of consistently reminded of that being, if you have like those, you know, you can call them bright spots of light or depending who you, whose moniker you listen to, you can call you know, beads on a thread or points on a hand or whatever it is. But that was sort of one of them for me. So when I think of, okay, like what's like the hardest time, in sort of getting to where I am now, like that's a part that kind of shines out, especially when you, when you, people talk a lot about anxiety or people talk a lot about depression. And for me like that, those type of topics are kind of like right around that area. So when I hear about people talking about anxiety, depression, or people talking about, you know, you know, having a rough time or, and like getting through college or things and which is not really easy I just kind of always think about that time and I was just thinking about it this morning and I haven't thought about it in years to be honest
0: so, but bro, you, you just have to like do stuff that you enjoy in life right? and then you have to like just eat good, right? Just get a good balanced diet, you know, get plenty of vegetables, you know, do some jujitsu, smoke some weed and then you would be fine. That's how you handle depression, right? Thank you, Joe Rogan. Uh,
1: yeah, no, absolutely not. You're so wrong. Uh, you know, where do, where do I begin? So, you know, a lot of times, especially now with what I do for work and just in people that I talk to, I think... A lot of times people's perception, um, you know, is obviously based around, like, when they know you and forward, right? So when I think about, you know, where I am at different parts of my life, I, you know, I almost want to tell the world, like, it's not, it's it's not, it's not always been this good or it's not always been the way it seems to have been. And that mm-hmm. there were a lot of things that have happened in my life that really much obviously shape who I am mm-hmm. and those things. Um, are kind (laughs) of crazy. But uh, they've kind of come full circle. So in terms of, you know, I think the idea of persisting through adversity to pursue an education is a really powerful one. So I think a lot of times when I hear about, you know, maybe the world's problems or a lot of problems, I think the solution to most problems is education. And now is it education in a formal learning environment? Probably not. Not always. But is it Is that, I think, if everyone just learned a little more about something, would we all as a society be better because of it? I think Mm so.
0: You were asking me prior, um, and then obviously I just answered with like a (laughs) snarky slash, you know, just trying to come with a slightly contrarian, but more for the comedic value answer of my experience in nursery school, especially with the messy Christmas tree. But you were asking me of, uh, uh, you know, like didn't my dad, say that my job was to learn and he he was never really pushing things as far as like must learn math must learn science it was just more so of like just pushing the importance of like school yeah like just pay attention in school like don't fuck it up and it was i and i told you this one one time that like I would ask him for, hey, can I have money for a new pair of shoes or something? No. Can I have money for a video game? Obviously, that yeah. was like the number one request. Can I have money for comic books or something? No, no. And then there was one time where, like, uh, I needed a pencil case or something. Mm-hmm. It was like er- er- early on in elementary school. He goes, oh, yeah, sure. Oh, Dad, I need uh, this book, this notebook. Oh, yeah, sure. And and, and I asked him, like, how come you just say yes right away? And he goes, if it's for school no questions asked i want to buy it for you mm-hmm. and then like that i said that that year what i think was third grade or everyone had a trapper keeper yep right and even though it was some semi like a status symbol at the time like oh you're cool if you have the trapper keeper it was still for school though and it still helped a lot so hey dad i need a trapper keeper didn't care if it was like you know the most expensive thing ever because it was it was in the Goes oh yeah sure no problem yeah always always so it was kind of like through his uh example of and of course, mom obviously bought a lot as well, too. Same thing. But it was just more so like my dad was the one who explicitly told me that if it's for school, no problem. Like, yeah. you know, growing growing up. So it was kind of like just showing the importance of actual school. And then when it came to, like, the things that I had to actually, like, learn in a way, it was, it was uh, his stressing on me of... um good hard skills that he i guess from his past experience thought counted more in a sense mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll give you an example it was more so of like all right make sure you're doing good in math make sure you're getting you know a's and, and hundreds on your tests in math and reading or or whatever and then i remember like uh they, they had a column of like other skills like uh what is it self-control handwriting was another one uh-huh. uh not handwriting, penmanship or, or and and some and some other things And i remember i didn't score good in penmanship and i was like ah, that's all right uh, and i'm like what <laughs> he goes yeah it doesn't really count
1: <laughs> yeah i wish my dad took that approach Jeez.
0: and i was like really he goes yeah there's, there's other things that count a lot more and then like you've seen my dad's handwriting it's yep. it's very you know distinct I'm sure if I wrote like my dad did back in, like, in elementary school, uh, they'd be like, yeah, you have the the worst hand. But nowadays, it's it's cool. It it looks like, you know, architect slash engineer, like, handwriting. It's technical writing. I think there's something
1: when, like, men grow up that, I don't know if it's, because my dad writes in all caps, too. Like, is it a thing? Like, at a certain age, you're like, I'm writing in all caps, and it doesn't matter.
0: I have no idea.
1: Because my dad, legit, I think, writes very similar to your dad in terms of they're all in caps, and it's like really kind of like boxy or like short text and it's yep. really like sharp. And
0: it was, there was a, there was a combination of things that my, my dad like slowly just kind of like guided me along the way. Another thing he, he did was um, there was one point I remember in third grade, I think I shared this story before um, some kid came up to me and said, Oh, did you see the giants score last night? Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, New York giants. Mm-hmm and uh i go no. he goes well you didn't watch the giants play i'm like no i didn't because i wasn't no. into sports back then he goes oh well, what are you talking why did you watch it? you're stupid mm-hmm. and i remember i was like wait a second like i didn't like that word no. so i came home and i told my dad about it he goes ah you know don't worry about that i'm like what what are you what are you talking about and he goes if you, if you think about it he goes it, 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 it's it's sports like you're not actually playing right yep. Yep. they're not the one they're not doing anything for you to get a better grade in school and not only that does that kid play in the Giants and I'm like I'm pretty sure he doesn't <laughs> And he goes you, you know like all, all, all that is 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 that it's a, it's like the same thing of and you know we'll get into it later but it, it's the same thing of of like uh, uh politics or religion or something you just like choose it or you, you, you there's no barrier
1: of entry to your yeah. sports team
0: so he it, it, it was just like this is just something you kind of like just like, no, like, did you, did you, did you, did you, uh, like, uh, is it like reading or math where you have to study to figure out how to do it? I'm like, no. He goes, then good. Don't, then don't worry don't about waste it. Your that doesn't, yeah. so I didn't, I never really wasted, well, in my dad's words, like wasted my time on things like that. So he was prepping me for, obviously when people listen to this, it's, Obviously, my dad was pushing more towards like a STEM mm-hmm. style, but he always still stressed the importance of like reading as as well too. He goes, "Oh yeah, just um, I'll keep buying books for you as well too. Keep reading, keep yeah. reading." So, and it was never for, oh, I want you to, like start writing stories or anything. He just said, "Just please keep reading."
1: Yeah, yeah, no. I think also it's funny because you have that story about your dad, and my dad sort of took a very similar approach where. Uh, his thing was he would like have me list priorities so he's like well what's like list the most important things and he'd basically teach me kind of like a mantra and it was five things and i don't remember exactly what they were but it was either education and then family or family then education this is
0: interesting i never knew this but it was
1: right up it was right up top it was either number one i have a feeling education might have actually been over family Mm. or was family education then it was like Career, friends was the last thing, as he hmm, wanted to hmm, make it explicitly clear that's kind of that cool. Friends was the last thing, yeah. And I remembered an overemphasis put on education, so both of my parents um, <coughs> don't have a higher education higher education degrees, and so my dad was like, it, it kind of like felt if there was one thing he could do in raising his kids, it was that they would have you know degrees. But even before that. And his attitude, like, I never knew, even growing up until much, much later, like, my dad's education level. I had no idea. And I'm not trying to say that he doesn't have one. Obviously, he has a career. He has one. But um, he would basically come home. So my dad's a mailman uh, or was a letter carrier specifically at that time. Um, Now does a couple other things. But he would come home. And my dad ruled, and this is in a positive way, it's kind of like by fear and not in like a abusive yeah. way or anything like that, but more I so know. like, yep. you better do your stuff. Cause like, you don't, I'm going to be mad. And you didn't want to see he's like, a,
0: he's the authority figure. Yeah. You know? He doesn't
1: want to, like, I'm like, I'm your gonna, dad. it's my dad. So he would come home and he would say, all right, get your spelling, your spelling book. Like it was always spelling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And he's like, we're going to do spelling and then we're going to do science. And then we're going to do math. He's like, because, you know, I was supposed to have study. He's like, but we're going to start with spelling. So I would give him my spelling book, and he would go down all of my spelling. I think the spelling test was, like, every Friday. And he would go down every list, and I would do recite spelling back. And he'd always say that if, if I was unsure, he would always say, are you asking me or are you telling me?
0: Oh, I'm sure you loved that. Oh,
1: constantly. <laughs> so either I learned to be assertive whether I was right or wrong, or if I didn't know, just saying I didn't know. And then every time, like, we would finish – and I was like, all right, dad, I'm going to go get the science book. He's like, all right, let's eat dinner first. Or, oh, my dad, I'm going to go get the math book. And he's like, all right, we'll, we'll check on that a little bit later. Mm. You would know, always do the spelling. And I would study for math and science in the same way that I would study for spelling because uh-huh. I was afraid that we were going to, he's going to quiz me. He would do a little bit on like history, but usually it was spelling. We always got to spelling. Many, many years later, I want to say like in my mid to late 20s, we were talking and it somehow it came up in conversation. He was like, of course we did spelling. I could see the answer right there. I didn't know anything about math or science. Yep. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help you there. And I was like, total mind blown. <laughs> like my <laughs> mind was blown <laughs> that my father knew if he struck fear into me about spelling and I transferred the behavior over to the other subjects without realizing that he didn't know anything about what I was learning at that point and couldn't help me and couldn't really test me but that was a decision that he made to hide that for me. And, but in a way that it's like, Jesus, dad, that's freaking amazing. Hey, you're a genius. B, like you, you care. Like, it's it's just like, it's just one of the many reasons why I love my dad so much. Yep. It's like, wow. You know? So that was sort of one story. He bluffed you. He totally for years. Awesome. For like 10 years. He bluffed me. And then once I got to high school, you know, I was self-reliant and things, but, I don't think I realized kind of in the background what decisions he was making or things he was doing. So I, I went to Catholic grammar school and then Catholic high school, even what now probably is what 15 or plus years ago was really expensive. We couldn't afford it. There was no way. And, uh, so my option was to go to, you know, a Catholic high school, which probably wasn't happening or the public high school, which my parents didn't really want to send me to. I didn't really care. So my dad says, hey, there's this other high school that I want you to apply to. And, you know, he did all the whole application. And I was like, uh dad, like what? Like, why can't I just go to the high school that's in town? And I didn't realize, and once again, till much later, and there was like an interview process and there were letters of recommendation. Like I didn't even, at that point, I was 14. It didn't even matter. I was like, all right, I'll do this because you want to do this. And anyway, that was high tech high school in North Bergen at that time, moving to Secaucus, I think in a next year or this upcoming school year that high school at one point was ranked the number one high school in the country. It's number 11 now from it's
0: still pretty damn good.
1: Right. But still and top, it was, a, it was application. Yeah. I mean, it was, app- and I didn't <laughs> and be like, Oh, <laughs> Jess, you must've been really smart. I don't think my dad thought I was obviously my dad, like, and it happened and that was great. And it was a fantastic learning experience. But those are the things that like, he found that like he did everything at that point to get that done. And then, you know, then I was able to get into college. I was able to graduate college and be the first person, you know, first generation college student. And my brothers very soon are going to be college graduates as well. And sort of those different types of things that I think all parents do in the background when it comes to education, when they treat it as the most important thing. Um, is really admirable. So I know your are obviously mm-hmm. your dad did some of that. My dad did some of that. I'm sure most dads and moms do that as well.
0: I did all right up until um, um, high school when a bunch of other factors started coming into play, including girls, mm. including trying to fit in, including, you know, quote, hanging out with friends or trying to do other uh, activities. I remember I went through like a, a breakup between freshman or sophomore year, and I specifically remember the class. It was Far East Russian history. Oh, geez. I got like a D in that class because like i in the beginning of the year i was like with my girlfriend and then like halfway through the year we broke up but we were sitting right next to each other exactly oh geez we had like verbal battles where like even the teacher was like if you two don't shut up or or something i'm gonna have to you know but like the whole class like behind like i remember one of my friends was like holy shit this is like he's sitting like behind me and he's like he's got a huge smile on on his face because it was like literally watching like before there was reality tv it was like watching one of those like breakdowns in reality TV, like, oh, happened geez. right in front of you. And I just remember my heart w- w- wasn't in it. Now that, it, you know, nowadays I'm, like, catching up on all Russian history, as, as, <laughs> as you all know, and I fucking love it. But back then I was, like, in no shape or form ready to uh, absorb that. And then it was, you know, I, I kept that from my parents. Like, where did this grade come from? I was just like, ah, don't worry about it. It's Russian history. I don't need it. You know? Yeah. And they're, and they're like, all right. Because they saw I got A's and everything else. So. Right. But it was... You know, there is this stress of, uh, not, not the stress as in like, uh, anxiety or, um, or, or a negative, the, the parents stressing, like the importance of right education, um, on me but at the same time, it's not, there's just some things that, you know, as life comes at you, like I said, a breakup or like trying to fit in with friends and, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, being labeled a nerd or being bullied as a nerd and like, oh, I don't want to like seem like a nerd. I want to try to seem quote cool or try to fit in, you know, right? it was, it was tough for me at the time because my, as good as my dad was with, and I told you this, mm-hmm. like my, my dad was like, no, you're not, you're not hanging out. Like, cause my friends wanted to like go to the mall and hang out. He goes, why do you want to hang out? And, and I go, oh no, my friends are going to be there. He goes, no, you're not doing that. You know mm-hmm. what I
1: mean? Yeah. So it's so
0: kind of like as good as my dad was as far as like stressing the importance of education, there were like some other things that I missed out on that kind of like caught up to me later on, mm. especially in, in college and everything like that. And it was just a little bit of like social tact as well, too. So,
1: yeah, no, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned sort of the, the dichotomy between the two, because there is very much the social. So unlike your dad, I was my dad worked a couple jobs so I hung out quite a bit my fair share but I think for me what was maybe a differentiating factor in high school that kind of I didn't go too too far off track was I think that in the background that I had as martial arts as a kid and I Mm. think that's why martial arts for kids is really good is that you basically learn to not give a fuck because for certain things because you're almost like above it because you know you can like do more physical feats than other people can do or you know you can i don't know how you explain it like because you kind of just walk around like you are confident in
0: no that's exactly it
1: a lot of different things and you don't place importance on things depending on how you're guided
0: for for the for the longest time like ever since i saw karate kid back when Mm -hmm. i was back in kindergarten i wanted to take some type of martial art my like i said my dad would never let me go so you go to school to learn not to fight when I got, I got into a fight in fifth grade Mm -hmm. or, or something like that, it was, and I was growing up a little faster than a lot of my other friends. So I was Mm -hmm. like, actually like five, two at the time or five, three at the time. And I was, and I could do like uh, push ups semi decently and I was fast and I was like semi strong for my age. And I knew, I, I didn't know that. Until one of my friends uh, was, like, we were playing, it was, like, during recess or whatever, we were playing touch football. But then he got roughed up by, like, the school bully mm-hmm. at the time. So then I pushed uh, the bully away because he was roughing my friend. And then he pushed me back. And then the next thing you know, we're starting to scrap. And then, like, and then you know, doing, the, like, the, the wrestling, but then, like, trying to, like, hit, hit each other. And the whole time that it's happening, I'm, I realized like, I can take this guy. <laughs> like, I really can yeah. take this guy. And um, it was it's weird because up until then I was just like, you know, oh, I was the kid that played, that played too much super Nintendo or, or something. But then, then afterwards, like there was kind of like, I felt it too. Like a little bit like of like respect yep. that I, that I felt among, among my peers. And it was just because of like, everyone hated this bully at the right. time. And then like, it was like, Holy shit. I, of all people the heck <laughs> stood up to him, you know? So, there's i know there's like you know violence is discouraged i know that there's you know the the, the obviously bullying is is discouraged etc cetera, etc cetera. but i think i don't know and we're probably going off on another topic but it resonates from what you just said as far as martial arts where as far as a, like a young boy growing up Mm -hmm. there's kind of like always that you know you watch movies you see you know like in like i said karate kid ninja turtles all those fun action movies you you're you're always you see stories and hero tropes and star wars and you know they're always there's a call to adventure you're playing zelda and link mm-hmm. and what do you what does every single game have that they're like fighting some for something you know and then as a kid you want to test your especially as a boy you want to test your physical strength or like show, or like measure it in some way even if you do like lose or you get knocked down you just want like a a certain thing to like prove like prove it to yourself Mm -hmm. in a way, just to gauge where, like, see where you are in life, see where you are measured up to, to other people. I don't know what, what that is, but all I know is that I never had a chance to test that until I graduated college. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. And I think, you know, I know you're talking about like the other topic in terms of bullying and standing up to bullies and things and how to mitigate violence. But in my experience, similarly to yours is that... Uh girls are you know, girls being vicious to each other is not a new thing. <laughs> and granted <laughs> now with digital I Oh, you're a vicious I wouldn't want to imagine with digital how that becomes, but for me it's just that every girl who wanted to fight me, I just said, Okay, sure, When? And that, Oh my and god, then, digital.
0: We'll get into that.
1: And with that in terms of like, oh, you just said sure. <laughs> where where do you when do you want to fight? Sure. Obviously no one ever messed with, like no one ever even, it never yeah, got past that point. Posturing. Yeah. It's all posturing. And I think, you know, I, I had gotten a comment, um, in my like senior year of high school, they were like, you, you always look like you have somewhere to be. I'm like, well, I always do. And yeah. if you don't, that's your problem, not mine. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's part of, you know, the, almost like to your point, like the posturing in, in schools and things in terms of like, if you exude, don't <coughs> mess with me. No one will probably mess but that, with but, you. But, that,
0: but that's the thing. You had, as you said, and there was a key word that you brought up when when you talk about martial arts. And in case, like you know, people who listen to the to, to the podcast, and it's like ninety nine percent of every single uh, podcast that we do, there's like at some point I bring <laughs> we bring up jujitsu or martial or, yeah. or, or or martial arts in in general. And I I don't know, and and obviously I have my personal bias for it, just because you drop the word confidence yep. in there and there's it's because in martial arts whatever it is usually the ones that the, the the quote legit ones where you get to really test out your your competence in physical uh, fighting in a way with the with a minimal set of rules that kind of like simulate real life in a way and, and and there's not too many rules that like make it all right we can do this but it's, no, no, no punching, no kicking, no this, no this, no, yeah, this, no yeah. this, no this, no this, no this. And then it's like, all right, then how does this even relate remotely to fighting? You know, so you get into a sport where they they have something that best simulates a, a fighting scenario. Mm-hmm. And especially for uh, a, a young boy, it's kind of like once you're measured up and you kind of know where you are on the totem pole, then it's not like. A total lack of you have some confidence because you're like all right at least you're doing it and I'm like all right I, I know i have i i can work on something even if i do suck at it and then like as you progress then that confidence grows because then you just know you just know and that's the first thing i ever got after like my first um 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 uh, martial arts lesson i i, I went to uh, what is it jerry jones mixed martial mm-hmm. arts in, in in nutley way back in 08 i forgot
1: no, it, I think it was even way earlier. I mean, I started 07, juicing in 2009, so you probably 07, were there '06,
0: '07. Oh yeah, something so like it was. It was a while ago, but I remember that. I remember the first. I, I even remember thinking to myself that, like, you know, everything that like physical uh, uh, that that I did. I know I'm fast and strong. I'm, I'm sure if I do something that where it requires even more of my mind to kind of like. Uh, think about. I, I know I can be good. And after the first class, I was hooked because first class I learned how to guillotine choke somebody and do a, a, an ankle lock, the Achilles lock. Wow. It was like an advanced class, and it was like, oh yeah, just use use that as your intro class. And I fucking loved it, <laughs> you know. And I got hooked. I got hooked from there because it was just like, and then I rolled and I got my butt kicked, but I loved it because it's like great. At least I know where I stand. And it was just a newfound like confidence that I just never ever had
1: well i I think what i'm what i would probably hear from both of what we're saying is that there's the formal education and then there's the other education right and sort of the other education if we're taking martial arts education i think um teaches you things to almost like supplement supplement your your sort of traditional education in terms of without martial arts There was nothing in school that taught me how to deal with stress at work. There was nothing in school that taught me how to deal with a high-paced, high-stress environment. There's nothing in school that taught me how to deal with someone who has um, a personality completely different than mine, you know, or who, uh, you know, is maybe aggressive or um, in terms of verbally aggressive or emotionally, you know, have an emotional management style. Like, there's nothing in formal school that teaches you these things. However, in Mm. martial arts, I've learned all these skills that make... Even my career, um, much much more manageable. So I deal really well (coughs) under pressure because pressure to me is someone full mounting you, trying to choke you or punch you in the face. That's Mm. pressure. (laughs) You know, my list of
0: both both pressure of that and also like actual weight pressure when they're like really neon (laughs) belly, like, you know,
1: (laughs) pressure is getting smashed in the face because someone's trying to score points and you have Mm -hmm. a a minute left and you're you can't see and you 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 know you're wheezing. and you, you know, you feel like it's the end, you know, that's pressure. So, you know, it's been said in the past that it's kind of people have joked like, oh, you, you know, you d- do so well with high stress situation. It's like, because it's not like I've transferred the skills that I've learned from what I would consider actual high stress situations to be like, okay, it's not as bad as that. So I'm not going to have the same emotional response. So like it, it's helped keep my cool, I guess, enough essence. Absolutely.
0: And, there was i think i think i mentioned that experience when i was working in retail at barnes and noble and i was still just straight fresh out of college yep it was like my one of my very first few shifts at cash register and i remember uh uh this older korean lady came up and like i i didn't have the book that she had put on reserve and she goes what are you a college kid you know and like i all these emotions just went up through me like what the fuck like what, what are you talking about like why are you you know Just like, it was just, uh, I I felt it It was like a bubbling up of of just like, I wanted to tell her off, but like, obviously I couldn't. Right. And then after like years later, and this was after like, I remember one night of, it was like competition class or whatever at the, at the school I was at and I was just getting my butt kicked. I remember um, it was, I was, I was getting a, a fireman carried and arm dragged by this NCAA wrestler that, that was just all sorts of awesome he taught me so many great things at at the same time but i just remember getting my butt kicked and then the next day i had a shift and then i I remember you know almost like the same situation someone came up didn't have the book for them and they made some like side comment Mm -hmm. nothing absolutely nothing bubbled up in me because i just remember thinking you just spent last night fighting for your life this ncaa wrestler tossing you around like a rag doll and here's this one person who just like made like one comment about like their uh, book not not being there, and then slightly you know blaming it on you. Yeah. And I f- and you know what? I felt sorry for the person. Oh
1: yeah, you That's totally what I do. felt.
0: I just felt sorry. I'm like, really, dude? Like this is this, this, is, this is this is the it. thing like, that's this gonna is all you this, got. This, this is this is the thing that's gonna uh, upset you uh, upset yeah. you really? This is gonna set off your whole day. And 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 I remember at the same time too, I had my cauliflower and it was like <laughs> yeah. hurting. I'm like and and I just smart and I could just go with it because as you were as you were just demonstrating and you talked about your personal experience you, you've felt pressure
1: yeah and it almost you know it's just all perspective right you know this is you know you establish what's important what's not what's actually going to harm you what's not mm. what's actually important what's not and then I think the principles that you learn in any martial art probably I mean, help you, I think, navigate life a little better. Uh And I think from an education standpoint, um, can only help, I think. I know I've talked about with you before that I think having different social social circles growing up Uh as a kid. So
0: if you... you Yeah, you only only learn better by doing, in that case, you know.
1: Yeah, no, you, you do. And I think when you're surrounded by kids who do similar things that you do, too helps mitigate you know i always say if you take you know normal school if i was having a rough time in grammar school let's say i had a whole different community of kids at the martial arts school they didn't overlap for me mm-hmm. so it was like if i was having issues with one circle i wasn't having issues with the other and then you really kind of learn it really has nothing to do with you mm-hmm. and then you realize you have friends that don't go to the same school as you which in many ways is good yeah So you kind of just have friends to have friends. You don't have friends because you're forced to have friends because you're Uh in the same class. Therefore, you're friends versus like you almost have a little bit of choice in the matter. So that's kind of why, you know, Warren, we'll see what happens. But I think we'll put you in a couple extracurriculars that are outside of the school system Uh so that you have exposure to different kids and different people. So that, you know, hopefully as you grow up, you can choose your friends from a wider group. Um, and not have them be forced on you and those
0: structures forced on you from
1: a formal education standpoint.
0: I think it's something you, you've also mentioned in, in, in the past of just there's a certain bond when you're in in, in a group, uh, um, in this specific case, martial arts, where when you're in that group for a while, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, you you realize you all of you are in it together in a way mm-hmm. even if it is like one-on-one competition even if it's if you're sparring against one another you're still also helping each other and it's kind of like it's an unsung thing that especially in the in the jiu-jitsu community it's kind of like as soon as you go to any other place or you talk to any other person and they and they do jiu-jitsu and they find out that you do jiu-jitsu it's just kind of like immediately like oh A hundred things you guys already have in common that you can talk about or you already can assume about that person, especially about their competence. You know what I mean? And if you find out that they've been in it for six years, you pretty much can, like, make a good guess of what type of person uh, that they're capable of or not capable of. You Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, And it's like an instant bond. It is, and this could be any any other activity. It could be tennis. It could be swimming. It could be um, um, guitar. It could be like a, mu- a musical instrument as well, too. But there's just always like a commonality, even though they're different, you know?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it almost is the bond, and I and I don't want to overstate this because I feel like sometimes this comparison is made a lot, and I don't particularly love it.
0: Overstate it, do it.
1: You know, when they talk about like combat arts and like military. In terms of, like, the bonds, like, sometimes people are like, Mm. we are soldiers of jiu-jitsu. I'm not really, like, a huge fan of that Mm. because I think, I don't know, I'm just, it bothers me. But in terms of if you're in a group of people that goes through tremendous physical stress, Mm -hmm. I feel like you tend to maybe have a closer bond. Oh, absolutely. Than other non-physical Because everyone
0: relates to that intense stress.
1: Or, yeah. So, you know, I think, and then in, in those moments you can, you learn who you can rely on or who you can't rely on or who's... You know, because there's a safety aspect of that, too. So there's, um, I think, a couple of different things mm. that martial arts have that other sports might not even have when you kind of look across the table and it's like, okay, if you're doing jiu-jitsu or you've been this many years or whatever, there's almost an immediate trust of safety.
0: Oh, you just said the magic word that I was going to go off. Trust. On. Keep going. But keep going. Um, yep.
1: There's almost like a trust there because there's a lot that goes into a martial arts journey, and it's not all great. Mm-hmm. And... You can almost always, you know, if there's martial arts schools around the country, like, they're all doing not the same thing, but the same type of social situations or physical situations or happen where it's kind of like, if someone's gotten to a certain rank in jiu-jitsu, I can generally say they're probably not a jerk. Mm-hmm.
0: Generally, yeah. right? Yeah, i I gotcha. I
1: mean, there's there's some, don't get me wrong. When it
0: comes to jujitsu.
1: When it comes to jiu-jitsu, I mean, it could be a jerk outside of jujitsu. Yes,
0: there's a... Yeah,
1: But, you know, if you ask me, who do I want <coughs> in my corner, if shit goes down <laughs> at a bar, just find me the jiu-jitsu people and put me them in my corner because <laughs> they'd protect you more than, you know, they'd protect more. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not really eloquently explaining no. it, but it's kind of like, and I think, you know, if you take someone like a CrossFit gym or things too, I think there is a bond there. It's just not the same. Mm. Um, it's just, it's not the same. and I don't know. I think I know what it is. Go ahead.
0: So you you said the word there trust. And I forget which podcast I heard it on or or which YouTube video I heard it on. But uh this person said that the most precious natural resource between uh differing nations or differing states or even differing if you want to bring it down to the individual level between two individuals the most precious natural resource is trust. Mm. That it's it's what everything is kind of like built on. It's what trade is built on. It's what exchange of ideas is built on. And if you don't have that trust, then there's no, the, the, the lines of communication aren't as fluid. Mm-hmm. So maybe, just maybe, for whatever reason, unless there's some type of team building, unless uh, you, you you and another cross fitter just went through the same trials and tribulations or or whatever, and trained together, and spotted each other. I, I don't know exactly what goes on. <laughs> but versus there's kind of like, and through constant drilling, rolling, and fighting, and sparring, this innate trust just develops between individuals, especially when you're going at it in a one-on-one combat sport, especially when they become, quote, a good training partner. Right. What is a good training partner at, other than there's just this wealth of trust between two uh individuals
1: yeah it's it's funny that you mentioned that. It reminds me of something someone said to me this past weekend where they had said in, in relation to me and a friend of mine they had said i don't know how you do it if you know if my friend kicked me in the head i don't know that i would ever trust them again
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i didn't really get too much into it with that particular person but to your point let's say if we take jiu-jitsu for example I mean your training partners in jiu-jitsu could severely hurt you or kill you yes they don't
0: yes so if that's what we hope <laughs>
1: that's what we hope so if you're training with them there are moments in a role which is sort of you the time that you're doing maybe like a sparring session where one of you potentially would get the other person in a position where you can, severely hurt or kill them. hmm You don't. Nope. Even though you can. Yep. That's where the trust comes from, That's right? trust. That's trust is that yes. I trust you that when I tap,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you'll let go. hmm I trust you that if you hear something snap or break or I yell or something doesn't feel right, you'll stop. You know, I trust you where you get to the point where, you know, for an arm bar, the arms extended, the hips are coming up and you slow down because you, know com- you know the tap yep. is coming. hmm um, I know that if you're watching from across the room and I'm about to, you know, be can opener and flip my head into a concrete wall, you're going to shout out and say, yep. move someplace else. If we have a new person and they want to roll with me, but you know, they're dangerous. You'll say, Jess, walk away.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Those
1: are the different <laughs> trust building mm-hmm. that are innate in, you know, in this martial art. Like, there's obviously Taekwondo, same thing in terms of, you know, retracting punches and not trying to knock somebody out and not trying to like hurt somebody and you know, purposely and, or make somebody look bad. Um, that's that, that trust there where it's like this person, you know, has used their, has self-control and use their body to control their, you know, their mind to control their body. Like Nick would say in the tenants of Taekwondo one and, and the Nick Malafite podcast. And that muscle is so flexed, self-control, self-control, self-control mm-hmm. in a very chaotic looking environment that makes you want to be like well i want that person in my corner cuz they can they're like me they can handle the pressure they can make good choices they can be safe but also hurt somebody if we ha- if they have to and um they embody sort of all of these characteristics that i think are really hard to find considering there's so few people mm-hmm. in martial arts never mind high ranking people in martial arts that they have something that a lot of people don't have mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they don't have it. And I think if you're thinking about having somebody in your corner, if you go along the lines of the military type thinking, that's why they would be your, your choice.
0: You trust them. Yep. They've built that trust. Correct. Dependable, reliable, safe, and also in your dire moments or whatever they're, that they're there. And it's a well cultivated resource between individuals or among a whole school or etc mm-hmm. etc cetera, et cetera. to build on that not only just in martial arts I think I was talking about this with uh, Jason Reddish uh, a, a while ago too he was uh, on one of the early ones I hope to have him on again but he was, uh, um, he was entre, like number entre,
1: two or three right
0: number Super two early yeah
1: baby podcast
0: mm-hmm. he was uh, uh, talking a lot about uh, jazz and yeah. he's a drummer and we used to be in uh, a trio, and we talked about um, just trust among musicians as well, too. Uh, we were a trio, and then we uh, were are, are in a quartet. And it's kind of like, it's almost the same thing where each one of you is doing an individual job. I'm playing guitar. He's yeah. playing drums. Someone else is playing keyboard. Someone else is playing bass. And each one is uh, on their own, on our own, we accept. Ex- Study. We, we train and we shed and we practice as much as we can as individuals learning our parts and, and trying to uh, be as competent as possible. That when we come together and we're all playing, and you've, you've noticed this uh, because you're versed in listening to especially something improvisational like a jazz uh, uh, context. That every mm-hmm. that there's a structure to the song right you play the head and then eventually we start going into solos yep. right and what there's there's a trust that goes on among the entire group that's happening let's say I take a solo I'm trusting that the the, the drummer is gonna keep time and it's gonna follow me the bass is going tr- is gonna outline uh, the, the the basic chord structure with root notes and fifths or, or whatever. I trust that he practiced it and he's doing everything. I trust that Roy on keyboard is going to comp underneath me in a fashion that, uh, what I'm playing. And they are trusting that I, when I take my solo, that I'm going to n- nail it in yeah. a way. So there's a lot of, uh, inter interplay going on and a, and a trust that only either develops, uh, through constant, uh, performing and mm-hmm. practicing with one another, or yeah, it, it's it's a different type. Of, it's a, it's a, it's a different type of creative trust too, especially when you're doing something improvisational. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's something that you're, it you're not just f- playing a piece of music. You're coming up with something like in 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 the moment, and you're trusting that everyone kind of understands and is listening to one another. Mm-hmm. And and the best way I I, I can explain it for jujitsu people is like you're in the middle of a flow roll. Where it's like, all right, you do something, I do something. You do something, I do something. You do something, I do something. If that's, you know, yeah. that, that's that's a pattern that you can start out with. And then that pattern can also just change to, all right, you are going to do like three things. And then at a certain point, it's going to flow into me reacting and then me doing two things. And then you, you know. Yep. So it's almost like a dance. Yep. So the same thing with, with, with interplay with, with uh, musicians. But the common thing that I've always noticed between everything is trust. Yeah, that it's got to be it's got to be built. And now, if we pull it back to what you were saying with with schooling, and what you do in in the, in the education system,
1: <sighs> <laughs>
0: I'm trying. Well, there's it's. I mean, there's a trust between I guess teacher and and student, but but is among, it really though among the I rest of the student? Mm, I don't. That's true. So I, mean, I, I, I guess it's one of those things that as far as like building trust among individuals it's 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 something that's outside school
1: yeah i mean i don't know that i would say that that's anything you actually learn outside of life experience it's interesting because if i'm reading like a like a a book, a management book, and it talks about like the, the things you can build between team members, and talks about trust being a big one, and um, send them
0: all to North South Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> you
1: no know, trust, trust being a big one, and then obviously empathy and making sure people understand that you care how they are doing, and uh, that you like want to you know do the best for them that you can, and like there's all these self help books that talk about trust and rebuilding trust, but you don't actually ever, I mean, <laughs> talk to trust. I don't know, as a kid, like, I don't, you shouldn't trust anybody. I mean, uh, even like no, stupid kids shouldn't trust each other. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Until you become a grown-up, because you don't know the value of trust, I think, as a kid.
0: I think that's why there's extracurricular activities. I mean, that's why you see, quote, like, jocks hang out with each other, because tr- there's a trust built because they're on the football field together, or baseball, or, or whatever, especially team sports, I guess that's yes. what, you know. so yes, that's I, I never
1: did team sports. I was that's that's not a good team That's kind of like what,
0: what it builds. I guess that's why, like, band people, like, I hung out with I, a lot yeah, of band people. I guess people. theater
1: for me, theater people, too, so I take it back. You but, I, I, yeah, I don't think it's – it's not moderated by an adult. I think it's just something that by nature comes of a group of people who do very similar things.
0: I think as, as, as far as with, with school, when you talk about just, like, formal education – Excuse me. And you talk about things like your STEM or you talk about any of your um, um, liberal arts, any of the, uh, any of the arts coming into it. It's, it's, it's developing good study habits. It's being exposed to as, as much as possible. And it's. Going to be, and I'm going to go off on a slight tangent here, it's going to be different for Warren other than what we did because it used to be like the repository of information was always with the mm-hmm. school. It used to always be with the teacher. Remember, like, you used to carry on the teacher's edition. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, screw you, teacher. You only knew the answer because you have the answer key right mm-hmm. in front yeah. of you. You know what I mean? But now it's it's like I learned so much about math, outside of actual math, by like watching Richard Feynman um, uh, videos on YouTube. Yep. You know, there's a as oh, what were those? What were some of the learning sites that you had like subscriptions to? Uh,
1: lynda.com, Coursera.com, Udacity.com, iTunes U. I mean, it list goes on. Duolingo. you are talking language. I mean, it's interesting. You now, if I harken back to my education knowledge, uh, to your point that the teacher or the professor used to be the source of knowledge of in old school lectures. They were the only ones who knew the information. And if you want to find it go to the library and check out some books, now education is, is turning where the person is not really a, a teacher as much as they are a facilitator. I know that's a very controversial statement mm-hmm. to make. Do I still think teachers are needed? Of course. Um, but they become a facilitator, facilitator of the learning environment where you do the bulk of your learning at home. Mm-hmm. And then when you come to school, what you're learning is how to apply, how to critically think, how to use in different
0: situations. Can I ask a question, just as sound kind of like a kind of like another side tangent? Sure. People love to throw around that term, critical think. Right. What do you th- what, what 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 do you define that as? <laughs>
1: That's a good question. Uh, taking what you've learned and applying it in a variety of situations, unprompted and successfully.
0: That's good. well no no I'm I'm I'm, I'm just asking I mean, in general because I I always <coughs> I say uh, I always hear that I, I I'm critically. I'm going to use yeah I'm I'm about to use my uh uh, you, you know how you use the voice. I'm gonna use. I'm gonna use my own version of that voice. Well, you have to think critically. Y- you know, yeah. It's it's almost thrown around like a almost like a buzzword. It's almost like synergy. I'm sure there's a know?
1: definition of it. I'm sure it's been lost over the years. But I th-
0: I, I can give you what I, what I think people mean when they originally hear critical think. It's mm. it's uh uh. If it's not the answer that I want, think about it until it's the answer that I'm thinking about. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> well, I think that's what I think that's what a lot of people are are.
1: Well, it's, it's it, like
0: or or they don't like the original answer that they're given, so they want to you know think quote deeper around it until they get to the answer that they think is quote right. <laughs> you well, know?
1: I, I think it depends. Like I was always I was never a good test taker, like a standardized test taker, and I was never a good word problem kid. Mm. Because it would never make sense. And I was like, wait, but that's not, I don't understand the answer mm-hmm. to your point. They're like, think more critically. I'm like, I'm thinking as hard as I can. And I'm still not <laughs> coming up with your answer. Why is my answer not right? Um, and maybe it was sometimes it wasn't other times. But to your point, it's like you heard people like thinking critically about like certain literary works. And the author being like, why are you overthinking this? Mm. <laughs> like stop, like you're making something out of nothing. hmm uh, but I do I do agree that I think in some cases, depending upon who's saying think critically, it can be just a you, you know, a word to say, you know, to do exactly what you said. Yep. I'd like to think it's more so to think deeper about something to come up with a variety of different subjective views. I mean, if you're talking about reading and thinking critically about what you mm-hmm. read mm-hmm. and applying what you've read in a variety of situations, I still think that's you need to start basically just think about it. <laughs> I mean, do you really think uncritically? No, I think anytime you think you're thinking mm, critically mm. or calling into questioning what you read, I mean, I think it's, it's teaching you other skills outside. It's teaching you to question authority, question what you read, question yes. what you hear, which I yes. think is all, yes. are all healthy things to do within yes. reason. Mm-hmm. And I think it's helping you read things and answer questions about what you read to prove that, you know, understand what the hell's going on.
0: Yes. Agreed. Uh, I think of what you were Asking before when you said, do, do you think well people critically think that? And you heard me go. Eh, eh, yeah. Eh. I I it's just it's just of my personal opinion that there's there's a variety of topics out there that uh, when when it is like a broad question yep. on a complicated manner matter that people enjoy a very surface level low resolution kind of like uh, simplified answer to a very very complicated uh uh, situation
1: right because they don't want to think critically about what the (laughs) answer could be
0: exactly so in other words like uh let's see if i can you you gave a great definition let me see let me see if i can i I can give one coming up with your points that if someone was going to argue against it eight or nine or ten different ways at the least that your argument holds up with, against those top 8, 9, 10 arguments where you can not only argue for, but you can argue against and also uh, uh, in a way understand where they're coming from with their counter arguments and also at the same time provide more uh, reasoning, research, insight, facts, or whatever there is to basically make your uh, either theory or assumption—I don't want to say assumption—but basically, your theory bulletproof, as watertight and as bulletproof as possible, and you're always looking for ways to break it down. So,
1: so what you're saying is, thinking critically basically gets you to like almost like a debate, like a debate. It's like you're a debate team against your topic.
0: Not really a debate. <sighs> When I when I say like winning a debate,
1: then I mean basically not, what not, you're not, not, not you are saying is you
0: present no, not winning a, a, a debate, just more so of like there. If if you have a theory on on something, there could be um, um, counter arguments to a, a specific theory. Does that make sense? Right.
1: Are you assuming that critically thinking gets you the correct answer, or the more right answer? Because you can think critically and still come up with the wrong answer
0: true i say uh, critical thinking is is more so to arrive at the most objective truth
1: Eh, i would disagree with that but that's okay no go ahead no i just think i think thinking critically could just be you thinking about something a little bit i think anybody thinking about something beyond what they're told Mm. is thinking critically
0: oh okay okay no 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 no. as far as the actual process of it yeah that that could be I I think I'm talking about like the ends to it maybe
1: you don't even I don't I mean I would I guess it depends upon what point in your life you're critical thinking right Mm -hmm. I think if you're teaching kids to critically think like young kids to critically think you start doing the sort of the marshmallow experiment I give you one marshmallow now or two marshmallows in 10 minutes which one do you want and you start to have them weigh they think about which one they... Granted that's more impulse control. That's, that's a more... Of, but there's a bunch of other things. But if you apply that at a younger age, the, the cr- critically thinking is like your word problems. It's your thinking about two sides of a coin of a situation. It's... I don't... You know, I think it's understanding what you read.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that everyone thinks critically every day and choices like which do I buy? Which milk do I buy? Which... And I think that's part of critical thinking. I mean, to your point, if you wanted to take where does critical thinking academically get you, yeah. then I would it, agree with b- your because assessment.
0: I, I think I'm, t- I'm thinking of like you're, pre- you're presented with a very difficult problem. So use critical thinking because it's a very difficult problem versus use a very simplified answer to it versus you have a very simple problem and you could.
1: Oh, yeah, you can totally I overthink I mean. it. Too, that's yeah. what I
0: mean. I'm, I'm I'm applying critical thinking to um, um, if critical thinking was a scalpel, you use a scalpel because you're doing surgery versus, uh, this is a loaf of bread. You just need a slice. <laughs> just right. use a bread knife, you know? Yeah. So,
1: yeah, no, for sure. I would agree. I would agree.
0: Um, where do we go from here? Well, we, I think we, so. we got to find a tangent. So
1: I think when, when we got to critical thinking, we were talking about like, I think, things to think about as you're being in the education. I think we were harkening back oh, to we we sort went, of we went from trust
0: because trust was like like being built in other activities besides education. And then we started talking about like the different well the like role sources of facilitator facilitators versus
1: teaching and how
0: and how it could be all different I'm for sure for Warren by the time he's into the formal education system.
1: Well, no matter how different it is, Warren, there's one story I want you to hear. Mm that I use all of, I think about all the time in school or not in school now as someone who hasn't been in school for a very long time. But, um, so your grandfather has a story that he told me. So I want to tell it to you where he, so grandpa was poor, grew up in the Bronx and the projects and grandpa's dad. So your great grandfather was a, uh, world war two, And Korean War? Uh, Make sure I get that right. Veteran who, uh, you know, he smoked a lot. He drank a lot. And so your your (coughs) grandfather, so my dad, went down to like the corner store, like the little uh, bodega. And uh, your grandfather was one of eight. So he went and it was around, it was probably like beginning of October. It was around Halloween time. And so grandpa decided since they couldn't afford any halloween decorations that he was going to steal some. So he was probably like 9 or 10 and he was shoving the halloween decorations in his 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 coat. And so as he was coming out of the the you know the the corner store, they stopped him and he got caught with stealing the halloween decorations in his coat. So at this point they, you know, they rang down, they rang the house and uh, grandpa's older brother uncle danny uh came down and picked him up since uh you know great grandpa was not coming and great grandma was probably working so uh he picked him up and basically said daddy's gonna kill you you're gonna <laughs> get your butt beat now warren we'll never hit you we promise uh but back then
0: i'll <clears> choke <throat> you out <clears> okay <throat> oh, back
1: it. then parents hit their kids quite a bit and I'm not trying to paint. Now we
0: armbar, we kimura, we omoplata. So
1: I'm not trying to paint a picture. Leg but, triangle. But quite frankly, you know, Grandpa was going to get his ass kicked when he got home. No doubt about it. So, a toe So the whole time, you know, he, if you ask Grandpa, he's, he's like so sad. He's so upset. Like he's going to get his ass kicked. He doesn't want to get beat. Um, so he comes, he comes home. And so uh, great grandpa's sitting in a chair, smoking Chesterfield cigarettes, you know, that, you know four deep on a six pack. And he says, come over here. So grandpa walks over and he goes, if you're going to be a thief, be a good thief. Don't steal a loaf of bread, steal a battleship. That's the only thing he said. Then he let him go. Beat his ass later. (laughs) But that phrase, and you can ask grandpa, he's embarrassed that this is the phrase I pick up on. He's like, Jess, I don't want you to be a thief. I'm like, no, 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 dad. I get it. I get it. But if there was one thing or one mantra that helped me through school, through my career, through just growing up is that if you're going to be a good, if you're going to be a thief, be a good thief. Don't steal a loaf of bread, steal a battleship. So if you're going to do something, Warren, in life, don't do it just a little bit. You got to do it big. You got to do it all the way. You got to do it a hundred percent. You can't just, you don't want to be a thief that steals loaves of bread, steal fricking battleships, Warren, steal them. So that helps me. Just wanted to let Warren hear that story.
0: Aww. I like that story too. <laughs> Even though with my dad and his Buddhist uprising, we, we not not uprising, up uh, upbringing for for me. Well, you know Buddhism is about the middle way, <laughs> in moderation, and, and regular- we're like, go, <laughs>
1: go, Warren.
0: <laughs> Sorry for people's eardrums there. Sorry. As I saw everything peak. Don't worry, the level will will. Cut that audio down to manageable levels. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think if my dad ever gave me a, ma- a, a a mantra like that. No, it was always as as I said, you 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 go to school to learn, not, hey, not to fight.
1: Your job is is school. It's a it's a good it's a good uh, it's a good moniker for sure.
0: But it does amass a. Here's the you know here's. As I'm thinking back, I I I remember an, another big kind of like thing that helped snowball uh the 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 stem learning was that my dad was good friends with uncle sam as mm-hmm. you remember he also lived in in, in nutley at the time and he introduced my dad to the personal computer yeah so we had a PC like a old school one 386 what whatever it was and still the five and a quarter inch floppies. Wow. Remember those? Yep. Well, I'm, I'm sure that that movie. I think war, I had
1: the three and a half, so I never
0: had the five. Ah, yeah, mm. I'm sure the uh, the the movie War Games with Matthew Broderick should still be a wonderful classic for <laughs> people to watch to to see exactly what that disc kind of looks like. Um, and it had the old school modem in there too, in case people don't know what a modem was. It you used your regular landline. Oh my god, fucking old
1: landline. Land really to Dial up.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, hey, you grew up in the 56K days. I grew up on a 2400 baud modem yeah, where it true. just trickled. In any case, <laughs> computers were not like how they were today where you could double click on everything. This was before Windows was mm, huge. Wow. It was DOS, Disk Operating System. Everything was command line. I learned how to CD and change directories and execute files. That was my intro. <laughs> to in order to play, I don't remember, like Space Quest or king's quest these are like sierra like text Mm. adventure games
1: remember those guys
0: but it was the fact that like i i I was like i want to play the game i want to play the game okay this is what you have to do and there was like a laundry list like my uncle wrote out like the steps i had to take in order to play the game it wasn't just like click and you play the game it was take the disc out load it in change direct change to the disk drive directory on the command line uh cd to this directory type in the name of this file then hit enter and then the game will boot up and for a th- third or fourth grader this was like fucking yeah. rocket science for, for, for me and now you know i was typing with one finger at a time like i didn't know where the fucking keys were it took me like <laughs> 15 minutes just to yeah. follow everything but doing that over and over and over and over and over and over because i wanted to play the game a lot um I eventually learned how to like reboot the computer and right. control. I learned Control Alt Delete, and I specifically, specifically remember my dad. Uh, they used to have computer shows, you know, back in the what is it the, in Seacock? Is what it Metal Center? What do they call it?
1: I think the yeah the Metalands Expositions. Yes,
0: yes, and they used to hold computer shows there. Right. So they sold you know three and a half inch of of uh, fl- uh, floppies of games like Doom and and everything. This was a, li- a little later on. I remember, like, people had like computers out, and I ran around just rebooting everyone's computers, and like the, the, until someone just like, stop that kid, dude, kid, just, just, just stop it, would you? Because <laughs> <laughs> they had like you know their programs and demos that were, and I I thought it was fun just being that one kid to like just Ha-ha. Justin, nice <laughs> just with everybody's fuck your thing, and that was a little third grade, little third grade yep. shit running around and goes ah oh, oh, you learn how to, you know, the the guy was like. 10% impressed, but 90% like, I want to kick your ass if you do that again. Oh, you're yeah. moving my computer, huh? Um, in any case, what that did was that it just, like, that was one thing where, where like, as I was trying to, like, relay that to my friends, like, oh, I'm playing this, and I'm uh, playing this, and I type this into the computer, and, like, oh, there's just blank stares from everyone, like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. But it was it was initial foray into computer literacy. Right. That is today is still very, very in, in demand. Actually not very, in it is in demand. Yep. And you'd be surprised, like, like remember there's just plain literacy, just being able to read or write. And like, there's even a smaller percentage out there, I think of computer literacy. Right. You know, and and that's an, an even crazier thing. So it's kind of like one of those things of, changing in the times like you when we were growing up you could still get by without computer literacy you, as as long as you stuck to, it was it was a little tough by near the end but you could still get by without computer literacy literacy nowadays yeah,
1: it's impossible so well it's interesting that you mentioned that because you talked about sort of asking people and then sort of being blank stares so one of the unforeseen benefits of being in that of my high school was that yes it was a highly technology Mm -hmm. literate space so much so that it was kind of like we were in our own bubble of understanding that we didn't, we didn't realize we knew things that other kids our age didn't, you know, didn't know in terms of we learned how to create an HTML website from scratch to hand code it. like maybe there were wussy wigs and I don't remember or like how to do access as like a fifth advanced access, like a 15 year old like macros and stuff like that was just what you did. So to your point, I sometimes even find myself now, you know, talking about what H2s are versus H1s. And it's like all of that stuff I know because I learned it. Just like I'm sure the, the CD command line stuff that you use every day multiple times is like yeah. it originated much earlier. I think probably in, in both of our lives than a lot of people because of the exposure we had, whether it be through school or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those skills right now are, are kind of really a lot of, a part of what we both do.
0: Yeah, so remember how we were talking about how your dad was able to bluff his like yep. thing i i my dad never bluffed <laughs> every everything was the only the only thing he kind of like bluffed his way through was uh, uh in when i was learning baseball hmm. like he never really officially learned how to throw so i never really officially learned how to throw from him i had to learn it from like magazines like sports illustrated or something and we had to watch we would watch like nolan ryan uh uh, pitch and like uh, how to properly throw a ball i never really knew how to hit yep all the all the quote coaches that i had were just like other dads yep and they say the same old shit oh you know keep the elbow up and everything and for like from the age of eight or seven or eight to the age of like 11 and a half or 12 i was the shittiest uh baseball player there was just always struck out or I always walked because uh-huh. they always kept telling me, oh, you know, just keep your elbow up. Just keep your elbow up. And then my dad was just like, one day he was just, he, was just, uh, he tried to bluff his way, you know, in the in the first two years because he was very good at golf. And so I right. was like, oh, baseball swings, the same thing as a golf swing. You just do it more like this way. No, <laughs> obviously that didn't work, but he, he did, you know, he had an idea of like generating power through the legs and then into the hips and then through the, you know, <laughs> but <clears throat> finally, 12 years old or or whatever, my dad was just like, "I am sick of this." You like, I can tell in his face, like, "You suck so bad." Fine, I'm gonna pay money to for you to go to the batting cages and learn from like a hitting coach. And then within the first five, ten minutes, the guy looks at my swing, and goes, "No, no, 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 no. Do this, do this." You know, he he made me drop my elbow to a certain point. He made me like he adjusted the way I held the bat. He goes. Just hit down on the ball. And I'm like, Down? I always have to like, no 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 no, just listen to me. The first first pitch, boom, just line drive. Next pitch, boom, line drive. He goes, There's there's your problem. And and I learned later on the whole time, that fucking old like tip, oh just keep your elbow up. When you keep your elbow up, when you swing a baseball bat uh-huh. and you start swing, you the, the automatic motion is like you have to lower your elbow and then it there's a natural like uppercut that you yeah. do with your swing. And I was always striking out because I was uppercutting and swinging under the ball Mm. all the time, every single fucking time. That's why I struck out. all. And every once in a while I get like a lucky hit or whatever. And so what he did, he adjusted it. So I kept my elbow uh, a lot, a lot more down. And, but just from the sheer fact that he told me to swing down, I already had such a severe uppercut that him telling me to swing down actually leveled out my swing. So then I swung a lot, yeah cleaner and i was already like a big kid at that point i was already like 5 6 or 5 5 at, at that <laughs> no, point <I'm> kidding. <laughs> but at any point and i could already generate a lot of power so then by the time like that year i was uh, all-star in, in, in little league cuz i was just murdering that ball <laughs> just murdering it i had so much fun i was like yes I'm fucking finally hitting this thing and it only took like a uh, an actual like trained coach you would never know,
1: know, huh? You would think. I
0: would have never, I would have never known. And every single code, I mean, they, they loved me. They, they tried to like really help but me out, but they didn't know anything, but they didn't know. So, um, but that was one thing my dad couldn't <laughs> bluff his way through, but it's oh, good he, for
1: your sake. <sighs> he didn't continue to try to double down on it.
0: And, um, but as far as like any, any other like school subjects, I think the biggest, the biggest takeaway, ah, here we go. Hmm. To go kind of like with your battle, the battleship story. It wasn't anything as, as cool as that. But I, I just remember one day my dad came home, uh, he, he's, he's he was working as a architect in, uh, in, in New York city. Uh, he, he switched positions now. He's like something still with architecture, but not title of architect. He came home and he was just like frustrated. He was just like, oh. and he looks at me and he sees me, you know, doing homework. I think I was in fourth fifth grade. He goes, heck, whatever you do. You grow up, don't be an architect. <laughs> I go, Well what do you what, what do you mean? And he just he he said it. He laid it out straight right there and it always stuck with me. And he goes, If you're gonna get a job, do something where it's like you see your math homework right there? Do something where you it's like math or science, where it's like two plus two equals four, or um um the the symbol for for carbon is C, where it's 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 science and once you get the answer they can't say anything else but agree that you got the answer don't do something like architecture where you design something you draw something and then some guy can just be like uh i don't really like it don't do he goes, don't do anything where where your job relies on someone's opinion uh, yeah. <laughs> you know uh-huh. so he he pushed me away from anything like as far as for a job in this case, pushed me away from things that were subjective. He still kept me in a lot of arts. He still had me going into piano. He still had me going into band. But as far as a job, he 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 said to stick to something where where like if you get quote the right answer to something, that's all that matters, and that's what you get uh, paid for. So that way you don't get. I, I guess like he must have had a project where he worked his ass off, and the guy just. Shut yeah, up. I I don't really like it. So you know you have to fix this or, or fix that, and like my dad had to work like e- even harder. So he worked in something somewhat subjective, but at the same time, like when when I see like the work he does as far as art, it, it's a com it's beautiful. It's a combination of so much along with a- a- aesthetics. So I can kind of see where that again. My dad was guiding me towards like a, a very STEM style of uh work you know so but that's what worked back in the day that's probably like what what was quote in demand in the job market uh moving up you know so if there was nowadays if there's a huge demand for creativity and there's a lot of uh, you can monetize creativity a lot I'm sure my dad's advice would have been really bad advice. Right. Like, like, moving yep. on. so it's just kind of like, what? Is, what is the market by the time Warren is, uh, of age? What is that going to be? And, that, and then you would hope that he's rounded out in whatever skills or like, has those kind of like, has competence in that area to, yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. I think it's, you know, to your point, it's kind of like, what's the future of jobs and the future of, I mean, no one, no one really knows. I mean, the truth of it is, I think that, you know, where does traditional education take place or is it a resurgence in trade education in terms of infrastructure? Is it a, uh, you know, what is it sort of a refined craft, 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 crafts, craftsmanship. craftsmanship type approach? It, you know, it'll be interesting to see sort of where education goes because i think the formal four-year university the days are numbered mm. i think you know
0: remember that yeah i think were you the one who who, who told me it, it's like back in the day there was a certain point where like on uh like only a third of the country or even less had a college degree and that was what like was the key to breaking into the upper echelon of earning potential or something like that right
1: yeah, I think, you know, I think at a certain point that was the case. And I think, to be fair, for many jobs, you still need a degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, at what point, when everyone has a degree, does the degree become mm. meaningless? Mm. Or does it just become like high school, where it's like, you have to have high school. We all know that. And then it's like, okay, well, how do I monetize the next tier of education? Then is it master's? Mm. So now you need your master's to get into the next echelon. Or maybe it's eventually a PhD. So, you know. Is education a for-profit business? It gets into like a larger conversation about <laughs> education <coughs> that we can cover at other time. But
0: I think what your topic of, as far as what you originally were talking about schooling, I think there's a pattern there, like a, uh, that you can extract from all those things, as far as things being martial arts, uh, another art like uh, such as improvisational um, performance in music. Formal learning in in informal education. I think they all kind of have a, um, as you were saying in the very beginning, like you like to quote, learn new things. I think there's a general, like kind of like meta pattern that you can extract from all those areas as far as like learning that there is a a learning process where you even said the keywords that you're actually like self-teaching yourself, um, certain things or like self-learning, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have an actual formal, as you said, facilitator or a teacher, you know, looking over your shoulder, grading you, telling you do this, study this, read this next chapter for, for tomorrow. And it's kind of like the fact that you are able to self-learn or self-teach, whatever the yep. <laughs> the, the term is at, at that point, it's kind of like you've identified That pattern of either from uh, previous experience learning, whether it be martial arts or another subject in your job or something from back in formal education. You've kind of figured out that there's a a certain pattern to it all and then are able to teach it to yourself.
1: Yeah, no, I think it kind of to your point. You know, maybe it's just been having a formal education has then sort of structured you in a way to help sort of figure out your own path for success. I think what you're talking about also is, you know, different learning styles as an adult and yep. how do you how do you learn best and how do you how do you learn new things and are you a visual learner? Are you uh, mm-hmm. uh, written? Like, do you learn by reading or by seeing or by doing and talking a lot about that? And I'm a very visual learner in terms of like mind mapping in my head. You're also
0: very results-based.
1: I am very results-based. So I tend to uh, try to find sort of visual patterns to help facilitate processes and and workflows and things in my adult life. And sort of if I carry those things over, then I can generally learn a lot. I was mm. going to say almost anything, but that kind of sounds oh, it's a true. little pretentious. But, you, you know, know, you can learn a lot, right? If you apply, you know, things that have made you successful in terms of learning things in the past. the bad thing about that is when you don't learn something, you know it's completely your fault and exactly why you what didn't learn it. What do you mean
0: it. you don't learn something? What do you mean?
1: Like, if you're if you're not, like, as committed as you would be to wanting to learn something, you obviously can identify where you went wrong fairly easily and hate on yourself about it.
0: When was the case of that for you?
1: I've been trying to learn a language for, like, ah. 30 years. I still can't do it.
0: Well, you learned Python, I, in a way. Well, in a way. Well, you no, you did. And then, and then at a certain point, you you memorize it. You're very results based. You saw the results that you were getting, but you didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't the res. You were getting results. It wasn't the kind kind of results that you were felt you needed at the time to stay inspired and stay interested to keep on going.
1: True, but you it know? definitely did apl- like help me understand concepts that exactly. I do apply presently. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So probably, you know, I would I would say it's. <clears throat> When you talk about uh, uh, not really – you didn't really fail to learn because you learned.
1: I chose not. I chose to stop learning at a It was more so, was more so like
0: the, the motivation to continue down that, that track, which is different. Does that make sense? Like you learned. You actually did it. It's just that the, the end result, it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to choose not to continue learning because it wasn't exactly like, you know, the result that, that you needed to get it – maybe a, a martial arts uh, analogy you go in and you learn jujitsu, jitsu and then you realize shit i need to learn how to like hit somebody you know so then you have to yeah, take a striking out. art i mean i you was thinking I, mean?
1: I was thinking language not not in terms of programming language although everything uh, you said is true i was thinking uh-huh, like, i think it was uh-huh. thinking language in terms of like spanish
0: or something <laughs> ah spoken language or yeah some other nat- natural language Oh well, we can save that for another time. Maybe we can get someone who is uh, an expert in such languages. Ooh,
1: we could. We can find know. somebody. I'm sure.
0: I'm sure through our our, our uh, long list of people just chomping at the bit to get on this podcast, <laughs> as as uh, as you can hear now. Because we've is I think this is three rep- three repeaters. Oh, in a, in be, a row. be
1: kind to yourself there.
0: No, I'm I'm just I'm just. I, I put pressure on myself to, to, to give the best. So
1: <laughs> so then instead you give them me because I'm not
0: oh, the best. Oh, come on. <laughs> give, your, give yourself some. Be kind to yourself uh, there, hon. Oh, okay. Oh, God. All right. People just gagged. Yep. <sighs> and you've, oh, you've hit the two-hour mark. Already? Wow, that's quick. Congratulations. And uh, this is on a Monday night, so we got to get to bed. Jeez, I'm tired. Yeah, we got to get our rest. And then, you know what? You get to do this all over. Well, not two hours worth. But you get to do an hour worth of this again on Wednesday. People are going to be sick
1: of us. Just Mm. absolutely sick of us.
0: I wouldn't want it any other way.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's the sweetest thing you've Mm. said all night.
0: Mm. All right. But uh, any other parting things you'd like to tell everyone or Warren? Don't
1: steal loaves of bread. Steal battleships, guys.
0: Hmm. And, uh, don't be an architect when you grow <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is valid.
0: <laughs> oh, by the way, remember that quote that I said, I heard somewhere where, uh, draw a perfect circle and then obviously you can't draw a perfect circle and whatever imperfections are in there. That's you as well yes. as a character. Remember that? I, I found out where it was from. It was, uh, it was Kurt Rosenwinkel where, uh, the jazz guitarist and he was, uh, talking about teaching or learning or, or something like that. And he heard it from someone. So that's where I really <laughs> So
1: we're still on the hunt for the source of that.
0: Source of that, uh, of, of, of that quote. But yes, so I'll leave that parting lesson for, for everyone. In case you, you haven't heard, take a... Uh, um, in case everyone is trying to learn something and is always trying to perfect something in life, whether it be art, whether it be jujitsu, whether it be language, etc., etc. et cetera, that at a certain point you'll be creating with that art you'll be expressing with it and chasing perfection is good but at the same time it's kind of like yeah take take this uh uh, take a pad of paper try to freehand draw uh, a perfect circle um and the imperfections in that circle are you so i think i think that's a beautiful it's a beautiful way to, to to look at something just like when we're talking right now, that there's a difference between us sounding like Siri or <laughs> Alexa. Well, hopefully, I didn't yeah. set o- o- other Shh. people's you know She's echoes. She's Yeah. And then versus versus that robotic voice versus how we're talking right now with uh, your nice huskiness, <laughs> my, <laughs> my coughing, my, was my it sniffles, very white. <laughs> mm. Yeah, 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 baby. <laughs> any case, everyone, thank you so much, hon. Oh, of course. Thanks and, for having me. And we will hear from you next time on the Let, midweek we see, see what
1: transpires in the next 48 hours.
0: Yes. Have a good night, everyone. Night. What do you think, huh? Trust as a natural resource? I say it's better than mining for Bitcoin, hmm? Huh? Alright, podcast dad joke aside, (laughs) thank you to the wonderful Jessica for sharing all of that with Warren, and of course, all of our wonderful listeners. As always, you can get in touch with us at Dear Warren Podcast on Gmail, Instagram, and on Facebook. Thank you for listening and all of the support. We love you all, and (laughs) we'll see you next time again as we join, again, the wonderful Jessica for the Midweek Podcast.